This episode is supported by Dove. Narrow beauty standards have permeated our feeds, perpetuating beauty ideals that can't be achieved in real life, impacting girls' self-esteem. To help combat this, the Dove Self-Esteem Project is taking action to support the next generation so that they can have a positive experience on social media by providing free resources to parents, mentors, and educators. Dove is tackling the issue of digital distortion with Reverse Selfie, a film rooted in new research on body confidence from the Dove Self-Esteem Project. They're also providing a new confidence kit so that kids and parents can navigate social media with confidence and have a more positive experience online. Head on over to dove.com slash the selfie talk to download the new confidence kit and helpful tips to have the selfie talk today. But Alex. Yeah, Shane. Let's begin this episode. Let's do it. Hello, everyone. My name is Alex and I'm here with my husband, Shane. The babies are in bed, the cat is in her room, and we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour on this Family Tree Podcast, episode 101. Wow. I know. Doesn't it feel cool? <laughs> no, Shane, triple digits. Like, it's a mouthful to say now at the beginning of the episode. It's lots of fun. I wonder when we're going to stop commenting on the number, when we're going to stop being in awe of a number. I don't think I can stop now. Now we're past the threshold. Of it just being like, whatever. Now everything's cool to me. Every new number is awesome. I think 102. I'm going to stop (laughs) commenting on it. Well, I'll follow your lead, but I'm still going to be impressed silently in my brain. But Shane, like always, we have a great freaking episode lined up tonight. So I did not two, but three interviews for this episode Two with the same couple, and I'm so happy I did. We didn't have great sound the first time, so I got to speak with Jason and Chloe from It's a Special Life twice, and we had the best conversation. So they are a married couple. Jason has autism. Chloe has Down syndrome. And we spoke about their relationship dynamics, their marriage, how they met, how they handle conflict resolution, and then they give our listeners some relationship advice. They are the sweetest most genuine couple and they love each other so much so much and i could feel that through every second of our interview so i really loved that one and next we have desiree fortin she is better known as the perfect mom on instagram and we talk about her birth story she like almost died giving birth to triplets which is another thing i'm fascinated with women who give birth to multiples uh so we talk about you know her birth story having triplets and perfection in motherhood what that looks like why it's a you know a stupid goal to have and that perfection is just being our awesome flawed selves and how that looks different for everybody so two awesome conversations this week but we have an awesome drink in front of us, Alex, that I'd like to discuss in great detail. <laughs> annoying detail, in fact. Well, the annoying detail is, Shane, is uh, the fact that it's so simple. It's um, just seed lip, non-alcoholic spirit, grow 42, and tonic water. Fever oh, tree tonic. okay. I thought it looked simple, but I thought maybe there was more going on. Well, like, the, it's nuanced, you know, and, yeah. and the seed lip itself, just there's so much going on with that, but it's... It's a nice, fruity, tasty summer drink. And thank you. I, you know, you must be so impressed with my cocktail making skills lately that you're just assuming everything's more than it is. Well, I wouldn't assume I'm so impressed either. <laughs> but I like it. Simple yet complicated. A little bit like me. A little bit like you. Yes. Simple and complicated. Yes. That's perfect. That's okay. really perfect. But yeah, great drink as always. Seed Lip is a great non-alcoholic beverage that we tend to enjoy while we're recording. And uh, yeah. no complaints. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. Well, okay, Shane, might I say, 
And for the listeners, so this is a fun podcast. Shane and I are recording in the camper at the cottage. So, you know, the whole family's in the cottage. We are out in a little pop-up trailer and there's no lights on in here, but we do have a lantern and it's making everything, you know, it gives it that campfire vibe. Like it's lit from kind of underneath our faces. And Well, what's very cool spooky. about when we record in this, it has booth seating like mm-hmm. at a classic diner. So we're sitting acro- across from each other at the booth and it's something we don't do at home. At mm-hmm. home, we sit on a couch and we kind of crink, crook, crook our necks, creak, creak our necks and look at each other. And it's somewhat awkward. But looking at you just straight on. It feels better. And I, in the future, would like to record our podcast like this somehow. Yeah, Kitchen Island or something, maybe. Or we make a studio, a comfortable studio. We're just going to make a studio now, somehow? It's episode 101. It's time. (laughs) It's time to start thinking about studios. I don't know what the evolution of a normal podcast is, but don't you think we've come far enough to throw a little money down on a studio? Yeah, I just don't know where in our house, Shane, we're going to be able to fit a podcast studio two words what base meant mm. or is that one word it's one word but two syllables that's got to be the place for it i mean why not right yeah we get a big backdrop with our faces on it <laughs> nothing will take the listeners aback more than just seeing double yeah but it'd be very cool you know this is this is exciting and thinking about doing something like you know, just making more of our house more usable because we've got this big empty basement that we don't really do anything with because it's it's a scary basement. Like our house is like 120 it's an years old. Renovated basement. Well, but but to put it even in more perspective, because if you don't live in Hamilton, you don't know what Hamilton basements can be like. Our house is about 120 years old, and th- it's nice. I got to say for Hamilton basement because they can get dungeony here. They can get very scary. I don't think ours is haunted. But <laughs> In case anyone's wondering where this banter is coming from, it's because this episode opening was thrown together a little bit because <laughs> we're at the cottage. We didn't have a lot of time to plan, but <clears throat> I do want to get into a real topic. Oh, let's hear it. The future. The future. The future is scary to a lot of people. And it's... we are headed into, I consider September the beginning of the year. A lot of people might say January. Nice no, September. But for me, September's Same. where it all begins. It's been like that since. January's mid-year. Yes. Because for school, yeah, it's it always a sense. new dawn in September. And you're a teacher. So yeah. especially, like it's never ending school for you. But you're going back going to back. school in person. No Zoom calls. And we have some social media job now that when the last time you were out of school, yeah, the job wasn't what it was now. I know. What it is now. How are you going to handle all this? So you're bringing, you're trying to make me depressed for the podcast. I'm just curious for the podcast. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just curious because for me, my life gets a lot easier. Well, your life gets easier because Lucy's in daycare. You're out of my hair. I'm out of your hair. Not like I'm like. In your, I, am I in your hair on a daily basis? No, but I pop out quite often to not get on your case, but just check oh. in and make sure everything's <laughs> going the way it should be for the family and all of our social media things that we have to do, which for anyone who's not involved in social media, it's quite a lot. 
Oh, it's a lot. It's so, more than you think. There's a, there's a huge checklist of things that need to happen every day. And a big part of my day is popping up for five minutes and getting on you about it. Well, here's the thing. You're still going to need to ask me about those things. So are you just going to ask me at lunch hour when I call you? Are you going to text me throughout the day? I'll be texting throughout the day. Are you going to be texting me I love yous as well? Yes. But I also check on Lucy. I feed Lucy at lunch sometimes. I take her to bed. And that eats up one to two hours of my working hours a day. It's tough when you have the kids from home. So my life gets easier. Your life gets harder. Have you figured out how we're going to do things like, oh, I don't know, this podcast? Babe, I have no idea because I, I just don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how I'm going to be feeling. We're going to do the podcast, whether we do it. I mean, we usually record on on the weekends anyways, right? That's always when we record. So that's but the fine. interviews. The interviews will be interesting. The interviews. Thank goodness the majority of people we interview are on the West Coast. Because they're behind us a little bit in time. So, you know, it'll still be like working hour by the time I can sit down and interview them when I'm home from work. Because we have some interviews lined up and I, I line them up for 4 p.m. Yeah, that's but perfect. EST, but that'll be 1 p.m. PST. Can you make that? Yeah. Okay. 4 p.m. is good for us. Uh, I'm home from work then as listeners know, or at least people that follow me on Instagram know, I'm not going to go back to work full time. I'm going to be an occasional teacher. So I'll be doing full time hours, but not full time bait. And I also don't have to take work home with me. So that's mm -hmm. another bonus. Because I booked somewhat of a big guest to yes. you that yes. I wanted to surprise you with. Oh, wait. Well, the Versailles. No, Versailles is not a surprise. The Queen of Versailles. No, no, no. It's a great guest, but the one and only Sam Hewen. No, you didn't. Kilt wearing didn't. Sam. Whiskey loving. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. Shit. <laughs> Why did you do that to me? <laughs> Oh, I thought you didn't like him that much. It was only it was only his persona on TV and you didn't really care in real life. Sam Hewen's not coming on this family tree. Alex is quite flustered right now, dropping things. Her face is completely red, like completely red. Sorry. This is for people who don't know the show Outlander. He's like a fantasy for a lot of women. And yeah, it's a glorified soap opera. That was so mean. I got so excited. <laughs> so he's the lead actor in the show Outlander, and I guess he's quite attractive. No, he's he's like the fantasy husband, okay? He's like what you wish your husband was if your husband wasn't Shane Cunningham, mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah. <laughs> he just loves his wife so much. You don't think I do? Shane, I know you love me so much. Trust mm -hmm. me. I looked Sam Hewen up. On, I'm not sure if you've checked the tabloids, but terrible philanderer and cheater. Get out of here. You're just saying that because you know I hate philanderers. No, he is. Look at the UK no, headlines. I doubt it. He's all over the UK headlines. Is he really? Multiple women. Ter he has children <laughs> out of, out of uh, like, he doesn't look after them. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're lying now. Why would you do that? Boy, do you have a surprise guest or did you just want to... There's no surprise. Get guess. a rise. Oh. I'm doing improv right now because <laughs> I don't have topics. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for uh, making my heart stop with excitement and then embarrassment. You're welcome. What else we got? We got a new TV. We got a new TV. Oh, my gosh. So, folks listening, I mean, we're, I'm not a TV person. I could still have one of those big fat TVs that we had from, you know... 95. Early 2000s. Yeah, late 90s. Yeah. And I'd be happy with that. 
And I thought I'd always be happy with that. And Shane, since we got together and moved into a house together, he's been saying, like, Alex, like, we need a new TV. Like, I've had this thing since college. There's just so much better technology out now. Like, please, can we just do this? And I'm like, oh, no, Shane. Like, we don't need that. Whatever. We finally, we rented a movie, uh, The Green Knight, with Dev Patel, which I think is, I wouldn't recommend it to people. I enjoyed it. But a lot of the movie takes place in the dark. And we're watching this movie, which we paid good money for uh, to rent it because it's an in-theaters movie. And we couldn't see a damn thing because our TV was so old that the screen, the lights on the screen were shot. We couldn't see half the movie. They're speaking in English accents. We couldn't get the subtitles up. It, it was a disaster. So I had a nervous breakdown. You did. During this movie. <laughs> and I was not having a good last couple weeks. We were behind with so many things. It was just, it was getting me in a bit of a tizzy. And this movie to be that dark was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I pretty much just the next day said, I'm buying a TV. I don't care. Because for years I'd wanted this big yeah. screen TV. And you said, it's going to be tacky. It's not going to suit our house. But you saw how upset I was. Well, and you said, go get the biggest TV you can find. <laughs> well, it was like, you know, that was the Friday. And then on the Saturday, Shane's just kind of reeling he's not having the best day we're putting the kids to bed and i was like shane i'll finish lucy go to best buy right now they're still open for another hour and just get a dang tv get a tv that we can be happy with that you're gonna be happy with and you came home with a tv that night and we played video games on it for the next three hours and you loved it more than i did i love this tv so i love it any men listening to this podcast if you really want something and your wife is telling you not to get it, get it. <laughs> because she doesn't even know that she wants it too. And I find big screen TVs, a lot of people don't realize how happy it's going to make them. Well, like, but what if it's something like tools, like power tools? Get it. Because if you like power tools, you're probably the type of guy who can build something cool for That's your true. wife. And That's your true. wife probably thinks, oh, it. you're just wasting your money. But no, it brings a lot of happiness to everyone. And I know the term happy wife, happy life, but happy husband, happy life. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I, I very much feel that. And, and, you know, if one person is really wanting something so bad and it will change their happiness, even a little bit, and just give them something to take comfort in, and it is in your budget, do it. Let that... You know, I say let that person have that thing um, because it, it really does make a difference. And honestly, having that TV, it's like such a little thing. Like it's a thing. It's a freaking TV. Little thing. It's, it's an 50 object. inches. Which <laughs> unfortunately, to this are going to be like 50 inches. I know. <laughs> we I, had that in 2010. <laughs> I know. Unfortunately, 50 inches <laughs> seems big when it's in the box and you bring it. Like when I brought it through the door, you were like, whoa, Shane, what have you done? And you were all excited. And I was like, calm down. It's not as big as it you think. Second I time I heard I know, that. I know. Just stop. <laughs> I set him up. You knock him down. But I I pulled it out, the TV from the box. <laughs> this is brutal. And anyway, it was very small. Stop making the face at me. <laughs> Anyhow, TV's great. TV's great. I love it. It's mounted on the wall. The other one was, you know, on a bench and the kids were getting close to it. It always made me nervous. So now I just, I can breathe easier now too. Yeah. It's not as big as probably you would have wanted, mm -hmm. but it works. Yeah. It does the trick. It so satisfies sure. you. It makes you happy. 
I mean, can I get Sam Hewen's show on it? No, but it's good. Yes. It well, good. I called Crave to block that particular program. <laughs> anyhow. My babe, question for you. What? what? What are you saying anyhow? No, I want to hear what you got. I've got more banter. Let's hear And it's it. going to be witty as all get out. What do you want to buy? What's your impulse purchase that you've been holding back? I don't have one. My impulse by the thing that I would have wanted, um, I got for Mother's Day and for my birthday, the, the sleeper dresses. Like, my purchases that I want is just like, you know, clothes that I wouldn't buy myself, typically, stuff like that. Like, there's nothing that I want really for the house that I can think of right now anyway. Okay, you know, what? I guess if it came down to it, it wouldn't be an impulse buy, but I would love, like, just new furniture in a house. Like, dining room dining room furniture i'm I'm so tired of our table oh what i'm more tired of is our floors so our floors are not real wood but they're they're what do you call it they're not like what's the, a better word than fake wood it's not fake wood it's synthetic synthetic wood but it's like made to look like real wood and it, it, synthetic wood is great sometimes better than real wood for different things uh great floors however there's like ridges in it because it's meant to look like real wood, but hardwood is like flat. Like there's no ridges in hardwood if it's your floor. And yogurt from the kids gets stuck in it all the time. <laughs> and it's the bane of my existence. I spend so much of my day trying to soak out the yogurt from the floor with like soapy water. And it's just so frustrating. I would replace our floors. All right. I'm sorry. Next week, I'm going to have topics <laughs> off the top. I'm very sorry, listeners. We are much better than this. This is a weird rushed trip to the cottage, which has resulted in this terrible opening banter. But you know what? I think Episode we, 102, baby. I think we cleared some things up. We what? Cleared some things up. Like what? We need to get our floors redone. Oh, jeez. We'll talk about this off air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So who's our first interview, Alex? We have Jason and Chloe from It's a Special Life. And like I said... This was our second time uh, speaking, so I will allude to that a few times in the interview, uh, just because our audio was off. Uh, it was, you know, it, it, my fault, but the audio was off the first time, and I was just so happy that they wanted to record again, because they really do have such a sweet story and a beautiful outlook on marriage and on life, and I'm really happy that yeah, we're able to get Not many times you get two shots at an interview. I know. Wells so. Adams and Jason and Chloe. It's true, yes. <laughs> so yeah, thank you, Wells. Thank you, Jason and Chloe. But before we get to this great interview with Jason and Chloe, let's tell everyone who we are supported by. We are supported by Seedlip, the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirit. First and best. The best. Oh my gosh. And crafted without alcohol, sugar, or calories, Seedlip spirits solve the dilemma of what to drink when you're not drinking, whether it's for the night, the month, or forever. As a non-drinker, it never feels great when your only options are water, soda, or sugary mocktails. But now you can skip the booze without feeling left out when it comes to your social life. So whether you prefer punchy citrus flavors, aromatic spices, or savory herbs, Seedlip offers a drink for every type of drinker. It's crafted using a bespoke process, including traditional copper distillation and botanicals. And each of Seedlip's three variants, which are Spice 94, Garden 108, and Grove 42, are alcohol-free and have their own unique flavors, which pair so 
perfectly with just a splash of tonic. They can also be used to make more complex cocktails like Shane and I typically like to make, and you'll find those in the Seedlip cocktail book or on the Instagram account at seedlip underscore NA. So head on over to seedlipdrinks.com or .ca and use the promo code thisfamilytree10 for 10% off your favorite non-alcoholic spirit. This is available in Canada and in the U.S. Again, that is seedlipdrinks.com and thisfamilytree10. But we are also supported by Bravado Designs. Bravado Designs makes the nicest bras you can get your hands on. And I mean the most comfortable, functional, easiest to use nursing bras, which, you know, I started using when I got pregnant with Lucy. Shane found them for me. I have not looked back since. And now Bravado Designs has an everyday collection. So these are bras with no clips. You do not have to be a nursing woman to use them. They are, again, just so comfortable. They look so nice under clothes and truly the bras that I recommend to absolutely everybody I know. I have a bra question. What's Can you that? wear one every day or do you, like how many do you wear in a week? Bras? Yeah. Yeah, you can like reuse the same bras. If you're sweating in it, that's a different story, but you can continue to wear the same bras. Anyhow, I am not alone in my well, thinking. Well, it was called the Everyday Collection, so I was like, <laughs> oh, do you wear it every day? That's what I was wondering. <laughs> yes, you can. But, you know, I'm not alone in thinking that they're the best. If you guys go to well.ca, you're going to see that out of 26,990 reviews, Bravado Designs bras have a 4.8 out of 5. For that many reviews to have such a great rating, like... It's not just me. Everybody's on this train and they truly are amazing. So you can get the nursing bras at bravadodesigns.com or you can head to the Canadian website for access to the everyday collection at ca.bravadodesigns.com. But regardless of which website you go to, use the promo code thisfamilytree20 for 20% off. Again, that's bravadodesigns.com and thisfamilytree20. And now let's get to our interview with Jason and Chloe. Perfect. How are you guys? Literally good. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys. I, I got to say, thank you two so much for joining me today on this Family Tree podcast. I am so excited to have you. I heard your story a few days ago, totally fell in love with it. And we love talking about love, relationships, marriage on our podcast. So I think you two are the perfect candidates for this. So... Now, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. Absolutely. And Jason, you're going to have to tell me a little bit more about this guitar before we get into things. All right. So this actually has a cool story behind it. So I helped bro- my uh, brother-in-law, but I just called him my brother. And um, Brandon, when he moved in um different part of town, and I was helping him update the house, so he got this for me for uh, uh, for helping him with his uh, house, and um, it's a Jackson. It's a Jackson electric guitar, but uh, I didn't get the pickup fixed on it. I actually turned over the guitar cord, but I can still play it as an acoustic. So it's gorgeous. I taught guitar. I, I'm a high school teacher for my day job, and I taught guitar for six months. But oh, wow. I'm I'm not very good. You're probably better than me. So, all right, what I've do you have? I've been playing since I was 15. I mean, yeah, much longer than I have. So, <laughs> I got to hear. So, what what are you going to play for us today? Uh, you got any requests? No, whatever you got. Do you have any songs you've written? Oh, yeah, I actually do. Hugs and Kisses? Uh, no, do you listen to Grace? We can do Mr. Grace. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. 
So let's see, start off a key. Hello. Hey. I'm Chloe. Hey, Chloe. How are you? Good. This is the best. I wasn't expecting uh, a musical act. This is making my day so much yeah. better. <laughs> there we go. All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. NG. better singers than me the fact that you can look at chloe and just say okay this is gonna be in d puts me so to shame the only people that like this out of my voice are my kids everybody else ridicules me but you guys sounded great thank you so much for that and you are i want to get into it guys i'm excited so i was i've already been serenaded by you both you both have lovely voices and again skill on guitar that I am jealous uh, not to have. (laughs) Um, But I want to talk about you two. I want to talk about your relationship. I want to talk about marriage. First of all, can you start off uh, telling me and our listeners? So what is what is your diagnosis, each of you? So I have autism. I have Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And my autism, sometimes um, people with guys or girls with autism, they um, want to feel like needed and wanted to feel included in the group. And sometimes some, there's all different spectrums of autism. Mine's mild, but, um, I know when I was growing up, um, but I would be nervous to sit. I, I would only sit next to my mom. Like if somebody was right beside me, I, I would, I wouldn't sit next by him because I was so nervous to be right beside somebody else. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I worked through that when I was growing up and now, um, I'm pretty good with crowds and stuff. That's amazing. And did you ever date before Chloe? No, I really didn't. I just was saving myself for the right one. So I oh. prayed when I was 18 to Jesus to find me the right mate. And he, that's where our love story comes in. That's God. God was the one. But it was a time where 
God was testing my faith mm-hmm. and, and I, he just said, keep praying and bring your Bible and I will, I will be faithful to you. And so I did that. And, and what about you, Chloe? Did you ever date before Jason? I haven't. No, I was working at Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. So Jason showed up and um, I gave him like, a, like any kind of drinks and like Diet Coke or Sprite or any kind. So, and then, and then I got really nervous sometimes, but um, just trying to be still and, and yeah, it's really cool. So, was it? Did you guys get set up, or did you happen to meet by chance? Miss Lily was my job coach and Chloe's at the time. She helped me get the job at Walgreens. I was there seven years. She mm-hmm. was at Chick-fil-A for three and a half. And she actually helped us because I was, Miss Lily asked me questions about, um, like, you know, Dolly May, like, you know, mm-hmm. I would tell her the questions and she was helping me to find um, the right one. So when she got Chloe, she always lets me meet some new clients. And so, I mean, I met other clients before her, but I um, actually had a vision um, that the Lord gave me about her. It was a year. I didn't know her yet. It was a year before I didn't even know her. And I thought it was just a dream at the time, but it was so, so, so a short version of it. Um, Selena Gomez performed at our house and then she had a backup singer, closed the backup singer. And mm-hmm. I went in the trailer and she was putting on her makeup out, and then she opened the door, and I saw her right there. And I, I'm, I'm serious; it was really like everything. It's like to the T. It was, it was, it was weird, really, but it was cool. That's amazing. And and Chloe, of course, I heard you sing last time I spoke to you, and that was so great. So, hearing Jason tell me about this vision, how does that make you feel? Does it make you feel good, special? Um, I say special. Mm. And uh, and makes you um really cool. Yeah. yeah. So. And Chloe, what what was going through your mind? What did you think the very first time that you saw Jason? Okay, so so he went in, and then uh, um, did you think I was like, whoa, he, he's tall? Or, whoa, whoa, he's cute. Um, or? Well, he's kind of cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he's really tall. Yeah. yeah. And, and Jason, what did you think of Chloe the first time you saw her? I um, actually, it was funny because when I had the vision, I already knew what what how how what she looked like, but I didn't even know if she was real or not because it was a dream. So, um, so when I went to Chick Fil A, Miss Lily showed me the client. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's the girl in my dream. God <laughs> wants me to marry her. I was like, oh, how am I going to do this? It's like, and then I talked to Miss Lily about um, coordinating our 30-minute breaks each together. Mm-hmm. And we would talk about our lives and get to know each other that way. And then her parents wanted to meet me. And I was so nervous. Oh, my goodness. I can imagine. I was so nervous. I didn't even know what the dad was going to be like, but... Yeah, he, he he was really nice, and I was kind of trying to use my best manners at the spaghetti dinner. I was I was so nervous. I was I was literally just trying to because <laughs> usually when I eat spaghetti, I'm kind of sloppy. Oh, but I was cutting it up. I was 
like like a prince a, a prince would do, you know. <laughs> and Chloe, did your parents like Jason right away? Yes, they do. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Her dad told me not to worry, but I couldn't help but to worry. <laughs> It's hard not to worry. That it's yeah. it's a big step meeting the parents. Of course, you guys have done all the big steps. You live together, you are married. So you've done a lot. And I want to talk about moving in together. Mm. Because before I lived with my husband, I told you guys this last time, I never lived with anybody else other than my parents. So I was very nervous. Yeah. And it was a big change for me. So what was moving in together? for the first time like? It was kind of weird because I didn't know how to live with another person because mm-hmm. I was always single. So it's kind of hard to get to know. Me and Chloe would have like arguments like about little teeny things like that didn't even matter. It's like, hey, you put the fork right there. It's not supposed to go there. You know, it's like, hey, the house is a mess. Um, because I used to be like, Leave all my stuff everywhere, but <laughs> but we've come a long ways. Like we keep our house all pretty nice now. Mm-hmm. We're pretty independent, but uh, yeah, it's kind of weird, but kind of good in a way because mm-hmm. everybody has to start somewhere. Absolutely, and you know that starting somewhere looks different for everyone. And when my husband and I first started living together, there were a few things that were my pet peeves, the things that would kind of annoy me about him, even though I love him so much. And one of those things is that he always leaves his plates with like sauce on them, just beside the sink and doesn't rinse them off. And I'm like, you got to rinse it off and then put it in the dishwasher. And even if you're going to put it later, because it gets hard. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, I could go on a boat all day about those plates. But do you guys have one thing about the other person? That is your pet peeve that might annoy you a little bit. Smacking. Smacking? Sometimes she does it, sometimes she doesn't. Like like lip smacking? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't like that noise. Why? I just never have. My sister Christy would do that all the time. (laughs) I didn't like it. What about you, Chloe? Do you have, is there anything about Jason that uh, makes you annoyed a little bit? Um, not really. What about when I... But he was, like, a lot of um, singing. And he's, like... And I would sing loud. Like, Jason. And I would play my bass, too, so it's even louder. And... Like, my mom mom is asleep. (laughs) Yeah, because our, our house is, you know, it's connected to the main house and then the guest house. So we're right beside the main house, so they can hear my bass and everything through the next house. So you're playing bass while Chloe's mom is asleep. I'd say that is a good pet peeve for Chloe. (laughs) So is Chloe the rule maker in the house? Does she make sure everybody's following the rules? Um, Me especially, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am. She keeps me in line. Yeah. Do you cause trouble, Jason? Sometimes. Sometimes. Well, sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So, Chloe, when Jason is causing trouble, how do you tell him? Like, what is your process for, you know, working through something? So, telling him that he is doing something that's maybe not right. Well, I just want to tell him, like, if Jason, we need to clean the house together or we can call her. Maybe or anything. 
So you just tell him outright. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. And he said, mm, no, thank you. So man, you tickle you. She does tickle me. And, and I'm yeah. so ticklish, like on my ribs, right down here. <laughs> I mean, you know, bombs on my feet. It's like, oof, tickles. Yeah. Especially my ribcage. That's the most. And I, I told him, like, big up. You need to go to our she, she like, like, like she when she tickles. She pokes. So Chloe, hold on. I, I got to understand. So it's the tickling that gets him yeah. to do what you're asking. So if you say mm. clean the house, Jason, and he says no, then you go and tickle him until he starts cleaning. Yeah. I like that method. And yeah. I, fin- I finally give up. <laughs> That's pretty good. I should try that with my mm-hmm. husband. I'll let you guys yeah. know how it works. Oh, Yeah. Because if you take along and have no mercy, he will give in. <laughs> no mercy. Trust me. I, I do it all the time. Uh, yeah. I was like, Jason, we need to go on a date. We need to go on a date. And then, and then my dad comes in and he's like, Jason, I'm downstairs and we can go on a date. <laughs> Be happy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And dating is so important. It doesn't matter how yeah. it doesn't matter how long you've been married for or yeah. if you're still just dating. It's so important to keep dating the person you yeah. love to keep things fresh. I like to keep, yeah. um like I like to do romantic din- romantic dinners, but I don't want to do like candles with fire. I like to do the LED candles nice. because it's more safe. Yeah. And I like to do that. And then what I do is I turn off the living room light and then I turn on the hall light. So that way it kind of gives the mood. And Super romantic. We dinner, mm-hmm. And then we watch a movie. And then we just kind of color if Chloe tickles me. And then we <laughs> just go to bed. So what is your favorite food to eat on one of these romantic dates? And who cooks it? We actually love, I love spaghetti. Mm, same. Yeah, it is my favorite. We did a, a video of the perfect spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had sausage in it, everything. It was delish. Yeah. It's on our TikTok. It's a special life. Oh, I gotta check that out. It, it's really delicious. That's um, amazing. Chloe, Chloe made it. Nice, Chloe. And Chloe, what's your favorite date night food? I like seafood. Seafoods. My husband yeah. doesn't like seafood. I love seafood. My husband will not yeah. touch fish. He won't go anywhere near it. Now, I, I don't like all kinds of fish, but I do like some. I like salmon, tilapia. I like the ones that taste like a little bit like chicken. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Like, like That's fair. Tuna, that kind of thing. That's fair. That's fair. It, it looks like Chloe is calling you out on something. Like she doesn't believe you. <laughs> Well, I like tuna fish. I do. You do? Yeah, and salmon and tilapia. Remember, we get that in our frozen dinners. Uh, do you like seafood? Um, I actually tried a stuffed clam last night. That's exciting. Like, How was and, it? And I really like it, but it was really good. It doesn't taste like um, clam at all. It's really cool because it has peppers in it. Yum. It has breadcrumbs in it, and I really like that kind. That sounds amazing. That sounds super tasty. It have a fishy taste. I love it. That is, I feel like when my husband can finally agree to tasting seafood, that's what mm-hmm. he'll be like. Now, yeah. I want to ask you guys about your wedding day. Mm-hmm. So okay. can, can you just tell me about it? What what was it like? How did you feel? Mm-hmm. So, so I was like, 
It was like excited, happy, like wow, this is happening. It's like, is this for real in a way? It's mm-hmm. like this, like you know, I was kind of like mesmerized. It's like, is this really happening? <laughs> it's like, whoa! And once I saw Chloe like coming down the aisle, I was like, because you know, the I'm I'm not allowed to see the dress until mm-hmm. the wedding. Of course. I'm like, wow, that is gorgeous. <laughs> I was in my suit, everything, my tuck. It was it was gorgeous. Oh my gosh, we have it in our um in our living room. So that's amazing. So you get to be reminded of it every day. And I think I think that's so special. And Chloe, what what were your thoughts on your wedding day? So on my wedding day, so I had really good breakfast on my wedding day. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. I have pineapple, to have Ooh. grapes, to have pello and it's awesome. Some eggs and strawberries. Can't we get- spent the night at the Jordan Terrence. And um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. That's where we had our reception. And then uh, um, my cousin Rachel did my makeup. <laughs> and uh, Jessica Knox did my hair. And, and uh, put my dress on and pray. Mm-hmm. And, and then head out. And then... Uh, and then I go to the church, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, it's really, really cool. And mm-hmm. did you ever picture your wedding day, Chloe, like when you were a little girl? Um, yes, I was. And did this live up to all of your dreams of it? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. That's the best. And yeah. for both of you, what is your favorite thing about being married? So my favorite thing on marriage is to grow a relationship with God and Jason mm-hmm. and to build um, our faith and uh, trust in him. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So, That's yeah, really yeah. Good. yeah. And what about you, Jason? I like is um, so, so um, God is first. And then um, Chloe second, and then I'm last. So that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. So when all that is like in order, and then and then the love is perfect because everything will fall into place. That's, I like that. No, mm-hmm. that that's really amazing. And you know the fact that you guys have a faith based marriage, I think is is so unique and so special and so important. And mm-hmm. you know th- whatever we're going through, whether we're religious or not. Everybody mm-hmm. has challenges in a relationship. Yeah. What mm-hmm. do you, so, so why is that? So, well, because, you know, two people, anytime two people interact, they're, they're going mm-hmm. to have some challenges, especially a married couple. And yeah. what do you guys think is a big challenge that you were able to get through together? Um, money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like. of us, eh? (laughs) I would just, I I love to shop, so it'll be like, gone. (laughs) Chloe, (laughs) do you have to rein in the the cards and the cash when he's shopping? Do you have to keep control? Yeah, she actually holds it, so. Yeah, I'm the only one that I'm being charged of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I, haven't spent it all. I know it's been anything at all, just... Enjoy the moment. Walk around. If you really want something, just 
Okay, thinking of something, just ask me. Mm-hmm. And, and then she'll and then she'll pay for it for me. There you go. See, that's smart. Yeah. You need to have somebody that's just like yeah. we call it mm-hmm. the captain. So mm-hmm. yes. we have captains of different things. Like there's the captain mm-hmm. of the house, there's the captain of the yard work, the captain, captain of, of the Exactly. And it's we, we're both the boss of certain things. And it sounds like Chloe is the financial captain. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, that's real good. That's real good. And I was hoping to ask you guys about Giselle. Can you can you tell us who Giselle is and what is the importance of Giselle? Uh, the lady knows my story on my Facebook. Mm-hmm. And she saw my writing video, my she give us, video. She gave us Giselle. Like, um, and she put me yeah. And I'm um, sorry about that. That's okay. And so she knows my story. And this newborn baby doll is really treat like a real baby. And um, his name is Jacob. And uh, we have three. And that's amazing. I didn't know he had three. Yeah. So it's kind of like a real baby doll. It's mm-hmm. like his hair was lot of colors it has like dirty blonde hair mm-hmm. and really cute hands really cute feet and really cute face and they know? got warm weights in them so he yeah he feels like a real baby is warm yeah okay and Bell too and yeah. then the other one is called ella oh. no um so one is one is elsa oh elsa and one is giselle mm-hmm. i have them for like at least like three months and a half. Okay. Um, so, and Jason's sister's name, Christy, mm-hmm. and she got me two, sorry, one, one baby called name Asa. Mm-hmm. She got me that for like, probably on my birthday, maybe. I don't know. That's so but, nice. It's really, really nice. Mm-hmm. So, so what what do the dolls represent to you? What is the importance of them? So for the future. For the future. So mm-hmm. um, I say it's very important to mm-hmm. build relationship with kids. Mm-hmm. You know, to to do something fun with them, like mm-hmm. go outside or read a book to them or have children of our own one day. And um, to, you know, just but like more routine. Mm-hmm. Like to um, take a bath or take a nap, baby food. Yeah, baby you can food. buy baby baths. And uh, for, for the future. Anything yeah. like that? Uh, yeah. like, for the, like for the future, like. Hopefully one day, mm-hmm. I say three, four years, we can Take have a while. baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. And so then these these three babies, these three dolls that you guys have right now, it kind of just gets that routine in place and has yeah. – mm-hmm. so they're, they're more than just dolls. Like they're, they're like family, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. just like family. Does. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's really incredible. And, you know, when it comes to – each other in your marriage or relationships. What yes. Does, what does love mean to each of you? Okay. So love. So love means is um. Cuddles. 
That's okay. So love means that you grow to build with Jesus Christ. That's my my toddler is yelling. Yes. Sorry, guys. Oh, he's cute. (laughs) Thanks. So so love means to build Jesus Christ and to love people, share with them, and make it more make it more happy, like Mm -hmm. more in your heart and build. Between God and mm-hmm. Jason and family mm-hmm. and sort of life. Can we focus on God? Like His love mm-hmm. comes through us and we give yes. it to each other. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. And yeah. and Jason, do you want to add to that? If you if love means anything um, particular in within your marriage to you, what is that? That our hearts are together and that we spend time together and that we work together. That's the best. Yeah. We can be mm-hmm. strong together. Oh, yeah, definitely we strong. We can do this <laughs> and we will do this. Yeah. Never give up. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Never give up. Because there's times you're going to feel like giving up, but you don't want to. You, yeah. you got to keep going. Yeah. So you guys have a pretty positive outlook on yes. life, on relationships. And how do you keep each other positive? How do you support each other maybe when one person is feeling a little bit down? So, so you lift me up. So sometimes Jason gets down sometimes, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to help him to build a little bit more mm-hmm. or a little bit more, live a more further up to God. Mm-hmm. And then and God asking me, and for Jason, like, say something simple, like, hey, Jason, how about we can pray together mm-hmm. and uh, um, to make sure our faith to build trust mm-hmm. and to build, uh, to build any kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. something simple, like have some fun or take the dogs out and do something fun. Do something mm-hmm. productive. Yeah. Clean up and mm-hmm. get dressed. Do laundry. Do makeup. They can get stressed and mm-hmm. it'll be so awesome day. No, and it's awesome. Life, so it's really awesome. Eat lunch Fresh together. We can you know, breakfast hygiene, together. All that kind of stuff. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and let our listeners know who we're supported by. We are supported by Tushy. Shane, the future of toileting has arrived. Finally. Yeah. All right. It's technically been around for centuries, but it's been hideously expensive, costing thousands. However, the brand new Hello Tushy 3.0 modern bidet attachment is here to level the playing field. Don't, you can't laugh through it. Shane, it's a fun ad. And you know what? We get giggly because we get giggly when we talk about butts, and that's okay. Because now we're talking at least about clean butts. Because the Hello Tushy 3.0 is stylish, it's eco-friendly, it's easy to install, and more important, and most importantly, it is so affordable. 
The Hello Tushy 3.0 doesn't just cleanse your butt with a precise stream of fresh water, it cleans itself before and after it's used with the Smart Spray Automatic Self-Cleaning Nozzle. It attaches to your existing toilet, requires no electricity and additional plumbing, and cuts toilet paper use by, get this guys, it's amazing, 80%. So the Hello Tushy bidet pays for itself basically in a few months. Because with Hello Tushy, you don't wipe at all, you just poop, spray, dry, and go. And sanitation for this is really simple. They have a very scientific sounding schmutz shield, which offers easy cleaning and the knobs are naturally antimicrobial. If you already got a tush on your pot like we do, upgrade to the new 3.0 model. Shane, I can't go another day with our model. We got to get the new one. I haven't wiped my butt in a year. <laughs> so if you're new to the revolution, join millions of happy Hello Tushy customers right now and have a clean butt with every flush. Go to hellotushy.com slash thisfamilytree to get 10% off your order and free shipping on the Tushy Bidet, which is only $79. The offer is available in Canada and in the U.S. And again, that is hellotushy.com slash thisfamilytree. We laugh, but this is an amazing product. I'm dead serious right now. But we are also supported by Mabel's Labels. Frustrated by their children's things getting lost, mixed up, and leaving home never to return, Julie Cole and three other mom friends knew they could do better than just scribbling their kids' names on some masking tape. From there, Mabel's Labels has grown into an award-winning, market-leading company loved by moms and dads and kids and teachers and preschool workers and grandparents and anybody who deals with kids or who's just kind of disorganized alike. Lucy loves them because, you know, she gets to co-create the labels with me online. And then she takes a little bit of accountability. She gets to design them and she thinks they're like absolutely adorable. And Shane and I like them because their line of products is so vast. I mean, they have baby bottle labels, allergy and medical alert products, sports labels, household labels and seasonal items. I don't like them. I love them. <laughs> Alex just bulged your eyes out like, what? <laughs> We love them at home. As a person who's not organized, I love being organized. Yes. And this just makes me feel like I've got it all together. Yeah. And I mean, they're extremely durable. They're laundry, dishwasher, and microwave safe, and they're all 100% guaranteed. So head on over to mableslabels.ca to start creating your very own labels and use the promo code thisfamilytree15 for 15% off your order. They deliver internationally and offer free standard shipping in Canada and in the US. Again, that's mableslabels.ca and This Family Tree 15. And now let's get back to our interview with Jason and Chloe. And and Jason, when yeah. Chloe gets down, if she ever gets down, she seems again oh, like sometimes. Yeah. sometimes. Even the most positive people are going to get down sometimes. Mm. Um, but how do you help her up? Mm. So I help her by trying to make her laugh and joke and stuff, but I don't go too far. Um, that time it's serious because I just want to do just enough to make her laugh. Mm -hmm. And then I do that a lot. And then her, I, I see that her, her spirit gets higher, like positive and like, you know, and then she's back to good. And then we're, then soon you know, it, we're both joking and laughing and stuff. And do you have a, a go-to thing that you do that you know is going to make her smile or laugh? Yes. What's that? I, I like dance with my head and I go, pat, you know, my... <laughs> Does that work every time, Chloe? I go like... <laughs> and and she, she just dies laughing. And I make funny faces like this. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's just funny. And it works every time? Yeah. That's pretty good. Then yeah. if, if if she's not smiling right off, 
Yeah, I get close to her face. What? Like, <laughs> I don't really like that. I do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you got to tickle them away from you, I guess. Yeah, it I'll is. Go, yeah. She does do that. I bet. I bet. She, she's a woman who seems like she knows what she wants, and I respect yeah. that. Yeah, it's like more, more respectful. Yeah. More and respectful, yeah. yeah. I want to ask you guys one last question. And I want mm-hmm. to ask, if somebody came up to you and asked for relationship advice, yeah, mm-hmm. what would you tell them? Um, I would tell them that, you know, um, just uh, don't give up. And even though it's hard, well, but if you have a disagreement, you know, just – like if you're not a Christian or anything, you know, just just even well, just though just people. sit down and just pray the best you know how um, for each other, um, and like say um, whatever the situation is, just say, Lord, I pray for my husband that um, he will, you know, understand me and just hear my heart, and then you know, same thing for the girl. Uh, the husband to pray for the girl and then they talk it out mm-hmm. and you know, and then you know not interrupt each other you know just let the girl go first let the husband go second and then talk it out and then and then and then it feels better yeah that's yeah if you read a bible first like mm-hmm. you have your bible with you mm-hmm. and then jason's right here and you bring it all together mm-hmm. God would give us peace, mm-hmm. no stress, mm-hmm. and just give it to the Lord and and just really happy. Yeah, that's awesome. And see, I think my if somebody was to ask me, I might say, be kind even when you're angry. What yeah. do you guys think of that? Be kind even when you're angry. What do you think about that advice? That's really good because that's really good. Um, yeah. like I get angry sometimes, but I, I try not to take it out on Chloe. So what I do is I go in my room, I lay on my bed, and I just meditate on Jesus in my mind. And then um, if I, you know, the way um, God tells me to apologize to Chloe, and I apologize to her, and then God is all good in my heart again, and then um, everything's good. So, like, something simple, like, every time you get angry – to happy every time you just like do something simple like 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 it's it's not that bad but it's just uh i'm trying to help jason now like you mm-hmm. take a lesson or mm-hmm. you take a lesson right she's really good at um, helping and, me remember. Um, i'm good. trying to be i'm trying to be like my my brother-in-law from the um He's doing um, a liar. It's not like a liar, but it's like a lower. Loyal? Loyal, yeah. Loyal. Loyal. Okay. Loyal. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes A lawyer? Oh, lawyer. Okay. Yep, yep. It's for um, people who have, like, so many problems Mm -hmm. that we can fix that. Mm -hmm. He's a good lawyer, too. His name's Blake. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That is he's, yeah. He's married to Chloe's sister he's, Phoebe. Um, hey. He's married to my sister. Oh, um, have, um, two girls, Autumn and Ella. Yeah. Oh, so th- yeah. they have two daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. How do you guys like being an aunt and uncle? 
It's fun. I love to hold them. It's so cool. Like um, on my birthday on Sunday, we went to um, Carabas. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. It was your birthday on Sunday? Yeah. Like this past Sunday? Yeah. Uh Well, happy belated birthday. (laughs) I wish I don't have, I would have, I would have sat here with a a party hat. I actually have a party hat somewhere around here. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. I'm 32. Same with me. Yeah, I'm 32. Oh. You're 32 too, Chloe? No, no. She's 28. Oh, you're young and still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. J- Jason and I are going to need our uh, walkers soon, but you're okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to get me a rollerator so that way I can sit down. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I ever do need one of those when I grow old, I'll definitely get one of those. Oh, same. I used to sell them at Walgreens. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I would assemble um, wheelchairs for the customers. There you go. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chloe. It's supposed to. So very last thing, and I just thought of it. I, I I need to ask you, what is your favorite quality in the other person? Oh. Right. I love Chloe's love. Her love. Like her passion. Mm, say very nice. More, say, say one more time. What is your favorite quality in Jason? So what, what thing about his personality do you like the most? Okay. So the most is um his heart. I love uh, his heart. Mm-hmm. And to build between the Lord and really and nice. the rich people. Mm-hmm. So oh, man. and that's what I really love yeah. about Jason. Okay, you guys, you really melt my heart because I can feel your love from here through the screen. And it really is such such a sweet story, such a beautiful story, and I'm so happy to to know you guys now, even virtually. And I want to say thank you so much for sitting down with me again, so we could get better audio because it really means yeah. a lot. And I think people are really going to love this story. Uh, but mm-hmm. if you can tell listeners where they can find you online and on social media, oh, so um, feel free to follow us on TikTok. It's a special life on Instagram. It's a special life and YouTube. and YouTube and Facebook. And we're also on Google. Um, so all platforms. Just put Chloe and Jason. Yeah. Chloe and Jason. With Down syndrome, you can look at a writing video on Google, but all the other ones is it's a special life. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You two, yeah. thank you so much again. I wish you all the best in everything. And I want to say thank you to Allie as well for the microphone today. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys enjoy the rest of you your week. Allie too? Alex. Oh, Alex. Mm-hmm. Hey, Close yeah. Um, so my nephew, um, my sister, Sarah's, I have three sisters. Um, she is. Uh, she has three boys and one girl. So Ethan, Alex, Ryan, Alex, all right, and I guess. Very nice. Yeah. Good choice in names, I have to say. Mm-hmm. So just feel free to look up um, It's Special Life. Yeah, it's Special Life. Listeners definitely will. And hey, if it's okay with you guys, can we mm-hmm. end off with the song you were telling me about? Oh, yeah. Like kisses. Yeah, I gotcha. That would be the best. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> so wait, is this, is this an original? Yes. Okay. Who wrote it? You or uh, Chloe? We wrote another one called a Friendship Song, but <laughs> I uh, I need to rewrite a, a updated version because I lost the other paper. <laughs> uh, this one I memorized. Chloe, 
when he writes songs about you. It's, it's really awesome. Yeah. Does it make you feel special? Uh, uh, yeah, it's like really special. Well, that's so uh-huh. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both of you, Chloe and Jason, thank you guys so much for joining me today. It was so lovely to have you. And I wish you all the best in life every single day. Chloe, thank you for being just so positive and happy. You, I think you brought a lot of joy to our show today. You're and awesome. Jason, obviously, the, the singing abilities, the guitar, thank you for bringing that to the show today. You guys were You're lovely. Welcome. Awesome. Thank you. Take care, Thank guys. you for taking uh, the time to interview us. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. It was it was my pleasure, and it was so nice meeting you, too. You, too. Bye. Take people. care. Bye. Well, that was a pretty awesome interview. These people were the sweetest, kindest, most inspiring I wish I was on this interview so bad. I'm so jealous. Shane, I'm so sad that you weren't there because honestly, Ugh. their their take was just so refreshing, you know? And I know in the Instagram sphere, whatever, there's a lot of venting because, you know, we're in the community together. We feel like we can vent together. And I do that every episode and so much of my time on Instagram. And everything that Jason and Chloe just had to say was just so positive and appreciative of each other and it was just kind of opposite of what I see all the time, what I hear all the time. And I loved that. Like it really brightened my day to talk to them. And I, and I hope that it is that way for the listeners. I can't imagine it not being, but uh, yeah, like such a lovely time. Speaking of which, Mm -hmm. there's another lovely time to be had with Desiree, Desiree Fortin, Mm -hmm. Fortin, am I saying that right? Yep. Okay, and what's this one about? So we talk about her birth stories. She uh, had oh, she has her, triplets. She has triplets, oh. and she had a near death experience uh, giving birth, and it it's nuts. And, and and we just talk about that. We talk about motherhood, her take on motherhood, and what it is to be a perfect mom. Why that doesn't exist, and how we can all kind of be our own versions of you know an imperfect perfect mom. Nice. Well, before we get to this interview with Desiree Fortin, let's let everyone know who we are supported by. We are supported by Mini Miosh. Mini Miosh is a premium, organic, ethically made and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. Mini Miosh believes in quality over quantity and they make the best basics for your littles. Oh, we're not joking around. If you don't believe us, go to that website. Yes. I mean, they have fashionable wardrobe staples that are so soft, so comfy and timeless and can be passed from kid to kid regardless of gender. Is this our favorite clothing brand? Yes, it is. And like Shane and I are actually, you know, we have a content shoot this weekend. I had to get clothes for the kids. Their wardrobe is basically entirely mini miosh. It's not a mini miosh 
content shoot. No. <laughs> We're just, we've chose that to be the clothing of the shoot. Their organic cotton fabrics are knit and dyed locally using GOTS certified organic cotton and low impact non-toxic dyes. They're on a mission to leave the planet better off for our little ones than when they arrived on it. And they believe that every little bit counts. You can find the company online at minimiosh.com or at minimiosh on Instagram and Facebook. And if you use the code thisfamilytree15, you're going to get 15% off your order. This is available in Canada and in the U.S. And again, that is minimiosh.com and thisfamilytree15. And now let's get to our interview with Desiree. I'm so I'm so happy this worked out. And I know how hectic it can be to try to schedule something in when you're the parent of four kids. Four kids. It's crazy. But I I feel like my big ones just started kindergarten. So I just have the baby at home, which is uh, great. (laughs) It's like a whole new experience, actually. (laughs) I'm sending my oldest, my three-year-old. She's starting daycare in a few weeks. And like, I I cannot wait because throughout this whole pandemic, she's been home for the past over a year and a half. Yeah. And it's been like... Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) Well, we live we live on the edge of the Niagara escarpment, so it's like a little cliff. And some days I just I look longingly, and I think that could be a good option today. You know, just a little plop off, but (laughs) it happens. I know. I know. It's honestly, I feel like that last year and a half was like, oh my god, like just so hard. Were all your kids at home? Yeah, we had initially, when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, oh my God, they're going to school. Like, I cannot be home with all these kids. (laughs) And then COVID happened. And I was like, I guess we're all going to be home together. (laughs) And it was just, I mean, I was like pregnant and hormonal and trying to stay sane with like my three, four-year-olds running around the house, five-year-olds. You know what I mean? It was just, oh gosh, it was crazy. And and the hormones don't end. That's, that's the other thing. It's like, so my eldest is three, my youngest is one. And I'm still just as hormonal as I was when I was (laughs) pregnant, when I gave birth. Like, I I don't know that it doesn't. I think this is me now. I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's so crazy. Desiree, okay. So I'm so fascinated by people that have multiple births or multiple, what do you call it? Multiples, multiples in birth, birth multiples. Yep. Fascinated because before I had any kids, I was like, I want twins right off the bat. I'm going to be one birth and done. I want twins. That's it. (laughs) Then like, I don't know, a few months into pregnancy, I am realizing that I can barely handle one. Like I can barely do it. And then as my pregnancy wore on, they just sat so low. They screwed up my pelvic floor beyond I can even I can't even talk about like it's awful. And I couldn't imagine giving birth to multiples. You had triplets in your first birth. Do you mind sharing a little a little bit about that? Was it IVF? Was it did it just happen? Do you have twins triplets in the family? Yeah. So actually there my husband and I are both twins. Um, I have, yes, I have an identical (laughs) twin sister and my husband, Ryan, he has a twin sister as well. And so, so we do technically have twins in the family, but we did struggle with infertility. I have polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is uh, one of the leading causes of infertility. And so um, we tried on our own for a couple years and, and then eventually decided to seek fertility help. And we were actually at my clinic for about a year before I got pregnant. We did a couple IUIs, which failed. And then that let our next step was uh, in vitro. And so we, we did IVF, we got, um, 
we got 14 embryos and then comes like the decision of like how many embryos to, to put back. And I mean, the whole process of like infertility, IVF, there's, there is so much, like there's so yeah. much to think about so many decisions to make. And so then I was trying to decide how many embryos to put in. And my doctor was like, you know, you have a 5% chance of like one of those embryos splitting, let alone them both taking. And so I'm just like, well, what are the chances of that? What are the chances <laughs> of even having twins? Like really? I, I, I mean, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. And, um, and then, Sure enough, we just hit that 5% right on the dot. <laughs> so it was, I mean, I will, I will never forget when we went in for that first ultrasound. I, uh, Ryan and I, we kind of suspected that there was probably two, two babies just based on my, like my beta levels mm-hmm. and how high they were. Uh, and, and when, when I had my ultrasound, my doctor had said, you know, congratulations, you're having twins. And so I mean, we're, I'm like, I'm a twin. He's a twin. I'm like, we got this. No big deal. And then she like paused her face changed. It was quiet. And she goes, there's actually a third heartbeat. And it was just like dead silent. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was just like, I mean, processing the fact, okay, there are three babies inside me. I'm going to have three babies at one time. Like there's, I mean, there was so much. <laughs> so what's, what's the conversation like when you go home then and you have to sit down and deal with the reality of, yeah, we're going to have three babies at one time. Like what, what oh does that gosh. look like? I, you know, we were shocked. Like, just like, it was just, I mean, I just was like, I, I don't think we ever imagined we would find ourselves like one hitting like 5% chance, but you know, uh, we're about to welcome three babies. And it was like, so, so exciting Mm -hmm. as like, you know, after struggling with infertility, you're just like, wow, like we get three (laughs) babies, you know? (laughs) Okay. Like, and then trying to process like the weight of having three babies at once. Like there were so many, I remember just like, that night, I remember Ryan and I just sitting and like reading about triplet pregnancies and triplet babies and the things you need and all this stuff. And there was definitely an overwhelming sense of, you know, a little bit of anxiousness of how is this pregnancy going to go? I am a petite person. Am I going to be able to get these all the way, these babies to our goal? And and then the delivery and then, oh my gosh, we're going to have three babies. Yeah. Like we live in a two bedroom condo. <laughs> like how is this going to work? You know, it was, it was, there was a lot of like questions, but we just, uh, we just put our faith in God and just asked him to help us get through it. And, and he did. <laughs> so, okay. So, you know, you're excited, you go home, you're excited. You're like, you know, this is what I've been wanting. And now we get three. This is amazing. Does that evolve throughout the pregnancy as you get bigger, as it becomes more of a physical thing? And then, then as the reality gets closer. So like, did that change to ever fear or feeling overwhelmed or was it all just kind of excitement the whole time? I would say for me, um, I'm a, I feel like I'm a pretty laid back person. So I just, um, um, I just really wanted to make it to my goal. And so I kept, what was your goal? Our goal was 34 weeks and one day. And so that was like my goal. I wanted to make sure to just keep these babies cooking as long as I could. And I feel like throughout my pregnancy that, that, yeah, that, that the joy and excitement of like finally becoming a mother just continued to grow and evolve in my heart. And I don't feel like there was much fear that probably uh, was developing in my heart surrounding like their birth or even their arrival. Like I just, I mean, I feel like I probably had this, you know, Cinderella idea of like motherhood. (laughs) 
um, it's just going to be magical. You know? we, we do all turn into Cinderella in the end, though, just constantly yeah, cleaning right. up and cooking. It's so, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah, it's so true. That was a bad connection there. Or maybe um, the but, most perfect connection, Desiree. Yes. Yeah. But it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, so I mean, during my pregnancy, it was for the most part, a really good pregnancy for carrying three babies. My husband and I ended up moving uh, to live with my parents when I, uh, it was about eight weeks before the babies came, we had decided uh, to move in with them, which was a good call considering we were welcoming three babies and living in a two bedroom condo. (laughs) So it was a good decision, but that move kind of was a lot on my body. And that weekend I, I was in the hospital for preterm labor and ended up the babies were okay, but my cervix was shortening. And so I was put on strict bed rest for the remainder of my pregnancy. And so I was just, I mean, bed rest is super hard, but I was so thankful that I was not in the hospital um, on bed rest. And so I just was like, I can't imagine imagine that. And I feel for mamas who are in the hospital on bed rest. I mean, that's so hard. Um, I was hard enough just being at home, like, you know, saying like I could go downstairs and be there all day and then go upstairs. There was, I mean, I could go to the bathroom. There was not, and I needed help going, there was so much, um, you you know, like you're, you're, yeah. Like you just, uh, there's a lot of things that you just are like, okay, it's okay that I need help. It's okay. (laughs) You know, like it's okay. Yeah. So, and I mean that, it's, it's amazing. I, I look back at like pictures of me and how my body grew and um, how I was able to actually carry all three of these babies. And it's like mind boggling to me because it, it's, ama- it's a miracle. It's a full on miracle. And so, yeah, so I had, I had about eight weeks of bed rest and I ended up making it to our goal day, um, which was just, um, my doctor actually, she was like, I went in for that first appointment before they admitted me. And she's like, you know, if you wanted, you could actually go a few more days. And I was like, no, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I am done. I am ready. Let's do this. And so I was just so excited, so excited. And yeah. so my delivery, however, was, I, you know, I feel like even though my doctor talked about me, talked with me about the risks and things to worry about, I just, I was just like, everything's going to be fine. Like, it's going to be great, you know, and I knew I was having a C-section. So, and I knew that in like the second I found that I was having multiples, I was like, well, I'm probably going to have a C-section, which was totally fine. Um, And, uh, and so I feel like I was in, even just in sense of having a C-section, I was able to prepare my heart for that a little bit. And even just having, I mean, my babies were taking the to the NICU right away. We kind of knew that was going to happen. So I just, I, I wasn't sure really how much initial, like meeting and connection with my babies I was going to have as soon as they were born. But needless to say, they all came out and I unfortunately uh, started hemorrhaging uh, when I was in recovery. So about an hour after the babies were born, I was losing a lot of blood. I was rushed back to the OR. I had to have blood transfusions, a vaginal pack. Like it was just, uh, I mean, I was pretty out of it. So I didn't really know I didn't, I really had no idea what was happening. I just, I just like, I mean, I, I remember going in and out. I was like awake and then like dozing off, awake, dozing off. I remember they're trying, they were trying to stick needles in my arms to get, to give me blood. Like it was just, yeah, it was, a, it was, that was bad. That was super bad. I almost died. Thank God to the amazing doctor, my doctor and amazing nurses that were there to take care of me. But all while this is happening, I mean, my, my mom was in the um, 
recovery room with me while this is like, while she's seeing like, you know, when they, they press on your tummy to make sure your uterus is contracting back. My uterus was not contracting back. And every time they would press just lots of blood clots. Oh my gosh. And so my mom of course is like freaking out. Meanwhile, my husband is with like the babies and our family, like no idea what is happening. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, my mom, like my doctor just was like, you know, you need to find Ryan and you need to be praying for her. And so like, like, because you're going to die. Like that yeah, was, she was yeah, she was worried about, about like, yeah, like didn't know if I was going to make it or not. And so, oh my gosh. you know, and, and thankfully, like I had my transfusions and she did, I mean, she, our, our my team that took care of me that day, I'm just beyond grateful for, mm-hmm. but yeah, I didn't get to meet my babies for about a whole day after they were born. And even when I think about that moment, it's, it's really hard for me because it was just, I was so, I was in so much pain physically. Um, I was in a wheelchair um, and I was on so much medication. I, I just felt so foggy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was really hard and I don't have very many pictures or videos and I wish I did, but there, you know what I mean? You just, you I don't know. I didn't it. think about it. I was just like, I just want my babies. I remember FaceTiming them uh, with my husband, like while I was in my room, cause I couldn't, I couldn't get up and they, get out of my bed. I was afraid. What if, you know, I carried these babies for so long. What if they don't know me? Like I'm not with them. And so I was, they were taking like little cloths, like loveys and stuff. And like, I would wear them and have them on me for a while. And they would take them to the babies. It was just like, at the time I didn't realize how traumatic of a birth it was. But then as I got home and, and I, I started, I went through postpartum depression, things started setting in. I realized how much the birth also affected that part of my story. So, I mean, yeah, the, the triplets were in the NICU for two weeks, which was incredible. They were all about five pounds at birth, which is also remarkable mm, that, that is. These, they amazing. were nice, healthy, That's healthy amazing. little babies. Yeah. I mean, remarkable. And, and so, yeah, we brought them home and, and it was just, uh, it was a lot, like it was just a lot to get used to. And, uh, you know, the sleep deprivation, all of it is that my first year as a mom was so hard, so, so hard. And, um, and I struggled so much with postpartum depression and anxiety. And really at the time, I mean, I had only heard of one other person talk about it. And so I just felt really isolated Mm -hmm. in what I experienced and, or uh, what I, when I was in it, you know, and, and I was trying to breastfeed, which was like, just felt like a disaster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I just especially like, after them being in the NICU too, like you're not only are you going through this huge physical recovery, like you almost died on the table. I'd say that's, you know, a bigger mm-hmm. recovery than a lot of us have to go through. And then your kids are in the NICU and then you have to kind of reconcile all of that at home. And we have all this pressure being that we put yeah. on ourselves really to do these certain things and breastfeed yeah. and, and whatnot. And that, that can be so tough because it doesn't work for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it sure, it sure doesn't. And I, I mean, with, with the triplets, I, they had told me after um, what happened in the ER that I probably, or in the OR, that I probably wouldn't be able to breastfeed. And so mm-hmm. I was like, that's okay. Like no big deal. Um, I, I didn't have like these major at the time, expectations on breastfeeding. So when they told me that, I was like, I, I have three babies. It's okay. I'll just like, you know, we had, they were on donor's milk for a while since I was sick, like that first mm-hmm. week. And then, um, and then I was like, I guess we'll just do, you know, formula, no big deal. And then all this milk just came pouring in. <laughs> and so I was like, 
it's, it's so amazing what happens to our mind. So all of a sudden I'm having all this milk and now I'm like, I have to breastfeed. I have to make this work. I have all this milk. They have to have my milk. And so I just felt like this is what I have to do. But again, at the time, little did I know, like just that breastfeeding journey, in addition to like having three babies, being a new mom, all the things uh, just aided in my postpartum depression. It just added the, the, the stress, mm-hmm. the emotional stress, the, and then just feeling like a failure, all those mm-hmm. negative feelings that come alongside when you choose not to breastfeed, you know, but I, I eventually got help. And, uh, I went on some medication and my doctor also advised me to stop breastfeeding, which was amazing. I, I don't know why I felt like I needed permission, but like that the validation fact literally wrote it on a, on a, as a prescription, she wrote, stop breastfeeding. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, just like, because I was feeling it so much, but you have all these other voices and you know, how, how wonderful it is. I was not experiencing the the wonderfulness of it at all. And I, at, at one point was just exclusively pumping. And so it was really yeah, that was, I mean, it was so, it was so hard, you know? So it's just that coupled with, uh, becoming a new mom to three infant babies, trying to figure it out. I was sleep deprived to the max. They all had, um, GERD, which is like severe reflux, which I mean, it just, there were so many variables that made it a really hard season for me. No kidding. And you know, like I think of dealing with one at a time and that was so hard for me. I was sleep deprived for the first year or to a wild degree with one child. I had postpartum anxiety. That was really hard for me to deal with. But then you're multiplying it by three. And and that gets so tough because like I think of all the ways that it impacted my life. It, like, it impacted me physically, mentally, emotionally, yeah. impacted my marriage, impacted my relationships with people around me. And so often, it's like not just breastfeeding is romanticized, but the whole, you know, fourth trimester – is romanticized of just yeah. snuggling with your baby, looking yes, in yeah. its eyes so lovingly. And it's like, I remember being at that time and everybody's telling me, oh, you know, don't wish it away. It'll get better. Don't wish it away. You'll regret it. And I'm like, no, I'm wishing it away because I am having such a hard time. And I just want this baby to get a little bit older, sleep a little bit more or, or something so that I can heal. Because I'm not healing. And it's so romanticized. And I think that makes it harder for women to who are going through it. Because we forget. I try to talk about it on my own. I try to talk about it with people like you. Because we forget sometimes. And, you know, if I talk to my mom about my birth, which was, like, traumatic – she romanticizes it. She's like, oh, it was wonderful. I'm like, no, it wasn't wonderful. It was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. But I want like, how did you get support? So, you know, you saw a doctor that helped. But within your circle, did you have support? What'd that look like? For a long time, I would say I silently struggled because I was embarrassed and ashamed and just, you know, didn't, I didn't want to admit that I was having a hard time, that I didn't like being a mom. I was exhausted, you know, it, like I said, I had this picture of what I thought motherhood was going to be and it couldn't have been more opposite. Yeah. And so, I mean, I had the support of obviously my husband and my family who first encouraged me to, um, you know, go see my doctor and stuff, but we had my sister and our church, just an incredible group of people who came alongside us and started helping us at night. And so there were people who I barely even knew who would come into my home and help me with my babies, oh my gosh. Um, help feed them. So, you know, we would take turns feeding the baby. So Ryan and I could get like a little bit more sleep. And so 
it was amazing to see um, just these these like selfless and loving hearts of these people who just wanted to help us. And it was incredible. It was absolutely, I mean, it was just such a blessing because I felt like a little bit more understood and supported. And just the mere fact that, I mean, uh, many of the girls, some of them were from our church and, and many of them were from my sister's church, but just that they like, just were just were so willing to give up a night of sleep, but you know what I mean? Like, which as a mom, you know, like, I'm like, I just want to get like, three hours tonight, three Anything. solid Consecutive hours is all I would want. be great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh so it, it just was pretty amazing, you know, to see and, and to just also have like, when, when you're able to be vulnerable and express the hard time you're having to somebody in your life, not only is there like support, but there's also a sense of accountability where someone can just say to you, like, how are you doing? Like, I'm here for you. Are you having a hard day? I'm here for you. What can I do to help you? How can I serve you? You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to be vulnerable. And it's hard to really talk about like those dire um, times when you feel isolated and depressed and ashamed, embarrassed. But when when someone when you can like let it out, there's like a piece of healing that happens because you're finally like just having someone support you. So, uh, yeah. And I think the hard thing too, is like the, the you need the people who, who are going to support you that aren't going to add more shame, you know, to you. And sometimes that, that it's, it's not everyone can do that. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I would say like our moms don't always see that side, you know, you know, so I guess, yeah, I guess it, it's, it depends on like the, the people in your life and how they respond to your struggle. But but it's important to find the right people and find the moms who understand the, the people who can really be there for you um, and be vulnerable in expressing it, be vulnerable in sharing it. Because uh, even though it's not easy and, and, and requires like you to just like, Oh, say something out loud that you don't want to maybe say, but there really is healing and vulnerability mm-hmm. and being able to say um, I'm having a hard time being a mom. I need mm-hmm. help. You know, yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, so it sounds like you had a lot of like practical help, like actual mm-hmm. practical help from your church. Like, are you a deeply religious person? Like, how, how did that, you know, um, play out mentally for you in in that coping process? Oh, yeah, yeah. I so I mean, I was raised in a Christian home. Um, but I would say probably in college, and maybe when I got married, my relationship with God just continued to grow. And, and so, I mean, even during our infertility, like I, my husband and I just called it a season of hope. And, um, I felt like we really, we just hope became a whole new meaning to us. And I feel like God revealed that to us on our journey. And, and so we call our triplets, our hope babies. And yeah, I would say though, like, as I became a mom, you know, there's so much excitement, so much joy, but I felt really, I I still, I had such a hard time, um, probably just even with God during that time frame because I felt like I wanted this so much and here I am like you know why why you know what I mean we, like any any time we're going through a hard time some of us do find ourselves in that spot mm-hmm. where like why would you why would this happen to me God why God you know but he's so loving and gracious and <laughs> it's okay it's normal we're humans it's normal to have like these hard moments and so I would say continually throughout my entire journey just as a mom especially in those deep struggles I I do my best to cling to Jesus and just have him help me and seek him for wisdom and direction and guidance. And I feel like just as my kids have grown, my, my triplets are six now. Um, and now having my, my youngest, my daughter, 
Cambria, just it's, it's because I've grown, I feel like it's, it's just helped me become a better mom. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think about like, we were talking about relationships after birth when you're going through such a, a wild transition. Right. And and you prepare it, Desiree. Like, it sounds like you prepared. You're like, I know I'm getting a C-section. The kids will be in NICU. Like, I got this. I know what's going to happen. But then still, a lot of shit was thrown at you. And yes. it was more than you were prepared for. Yeah. Totally. And then going home with three babies. So, like, your relationship with your partner, does that take a – like, do you even think about that during that time? Or are you in survival oh mode? Or, like, no, are you still doing things? No. No, absolutely not. I feel like, um, we were, we were both for sure in survival mode. I mean, I remember we would get in fights over who was getting more sleep and I'm like, (laughs) neither one of us are sleeping. Like we, why are we fighting? You know, when you fight with your spouse and you're fighting and you're fighting and you're fighting and then you're like, why are we even fighting? Like, this is so dumb. Yes. Yes. It's so dumb. And, and I, I mean, our, that first year, I mean, even just like intimacy was like, put on the back burn. There was so much where it just, it, that first year was everything took a hit. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, just even in, in my friendships, my marriage, like there was, there were so many things that really took a hit. And then as my babies grew, things started to change, you know what I mean? And so we, you learn too, right? You learn. uh, And so as you, as your kids grow, or as you have more babies, you learn, what works, what doesn't work, how, how can you support each other? Um, you know, what works, do you need to have a date night? Do you need to plan a date night? What, what is, you know what I mean? Like you kind of learn what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that for sure that first year it was like, I mean, there was no, it was just like, we were both in this together trying to just function and we made it, but, <laughs> but I would definitely look back on that first year and say, whoa, no, there was definitely no, oh my God, so many things, but no. <laughs> okay. Can you tell the kids apart? You've got two boys and a girl on the set of triplets. Could you tell the boys apart? Do they still have the same names you gave them initially or did they get crossed <laughs> yes. right away? Cause they look a lot alike. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we have two boys and a girl and our boys are identical. Um, Jackson Sawyer and then our daughter Charlize. And the boys, uh, we were fortunate because Jax has a hemangioma on his left eye, next to his left eye, which is actually starting to fade. Oh, so nice. um, I, they, they kind of fade <laughs> away when they're like, you know, I think seven to nine years old. And so that really was like our saving grace for a long time because they, I mean, there are times when I look at uh, like pictures of them when they were infants. And if they're both like turned this way, I'm like, I don't. I don't know. I don't know which one that is. I have no idea. And so it's kind of funny, you know, just, just not, I mean, you're just like, I, I have no idea. But then uh, now that they're older, I still mix them up and I try really hard to just not to, because I, because uh, they're at the age where they're like, I'm not Sawyer mom, you know, where yeah. they, they get frustrated, you know? And I know that feeling too, because my sister and I were identical, like people mixed us up for a long time. And so I work hard, but I mean, you still mix them up. However, I do have to say, you know, you know, your kids well, and our, our boys, though they are very much similar, you can tell just a little bit in their voices or their laugh, who mm-hmm. is who. But it's still so I'm still just like, whatever your name is, whoever you are, I need you, you know? <laughs> no, I get that totally. And, you know, so you've recently given birth to Cambria, your, your yeah. youngest daughter. And in giving birth to her and in prepping for that birth when you're pregnant, what's going through your head? Because I know when I gave birth to my second, I was like, you know, a part of me was thinking, okay, I've done this before. I know more. 
I have a better idea of what's going to happen, what it's going to look like, what it's going to look like when I go home. But at the same time, like I also know more people who have given birth at this point and I've heard lots more stories. So yeah. how do you how do you stop that fear from kind of taking over or or did it take yeah. over? Yeah, you know, for me, Cambria was like a whole new experience, you know. Uh she it was it was just one baby. So my the fact that it was just one growing inside me, that changed the whole pregnancy really, because it was it was not gonna be like hopefully mm-hmm. bed rest and all those things that I experienced before. And I knew the pregnancy would be different and the delivery hopefully would also be different. But I struggled with a lot of fear of dying. Yeah, there was a, I had a really, it, it's amazing because I felt like over the years that I worked through my, my birth trauma, um, but then finding out I was pregnant again and leading up to, to Cambria's birth, I realized that there was still stuff <laughs> that I was struggling with. I was terrified I was going to die. I wrote letters. Was that a risk? There was no, no, there no, was okay. no risk. Uh, however, if I had a C-section, there would be a, a greater risk. So my doctor had, had, um, she said I was a great candidate for a VBAC, which was awesome. So that like kind of eased me a little bit, but there was still this lingering fear that I was just going to die. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I wrote kids to, I wrote letters to my kids and husband. Cause I was like, what if this is the last, what That's if I don't so emotional back? Desiree? Yes. I mean, just like there were th- things, you know, and I felt so silly, like writing these letters, but I just was like, I have to have something written you know, like, I don't know, somehow it eased my heart, you know? And, and I just prayed, I just prayed and just like asked God to really comfort me and, um, give me peace that everything was going to be okay. And I, it wasn't until probably about, I think it was like two weeks before I delivered where I felt like that peace really finally like set in. And I was like, it's going to be okay. I mean, and it was everything about Cambria's birth was so redeeming compared to what I experienced before, you know, I, I was able to have a V back and it was, I mean, it was incredible. I was, I was induced, which I thought was great. I had a wonderful induction experience. I I had two inductions and they were both beautiful and amazing and easy. Loved them. That's awesome. I mean, it's awesome. I feel like I had heard like just some not great stories about it, but it was, I mean, I was like, I mean, I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. It was good. My my kids came quick too. The first one, 15 minutes, the second one, five minutes of pushing for both of them. Like easy in that regard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, well, I I had a very, very similar, like it was just uh, like once they, once they admitted me and I got the Pitocin, she was out very soon. And it was, I mean, it was mind blowing, like just a great, the whole experience was drastically different, you know, even being able to hold her as soon as she came out, I just was like, it's amazing. It was amazing, you know? And so I feel that for mamas who, um, who still don't get to have that like right away, because I, I've now experienced both sides of it. And, and I, to be able to have those moments with Cambria right after she was born was really amazing. I mean, she was with me. I I, I'm like, it was amazing. Like she was with me the whole time I was in the hospital, you know? And it's just like, you don't always, you know, you don't always, I feel like you, when, when you think about what happened, when I think about what happened with the triplets, I'm like, I just was uh, separated from them. And so um, that's all I knew, you know, Mm -hmm. was Cambria uh, IVF as well? No. So Cambria was a a full on surprise. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Like my husband and I, yes, struggled with infertility. We were five years in. I did not, I, we've never used protection because why? I mean, yeah. What's the point? Like, 
like it took us a long time to get our babies and we were five years in and still no baby. So, and it's, and we were never trying to get pregnant, but like, you know, there never was like this, uh, you know, we just were like, we're fine. And we, we had actually, we had talked about going back for another, uh, transfer in 2020 at some point. We were like, well, maybe we'll go back some point later this year. That was a good year for things. Why not? Oh, God, right? <laughs> Jeez. That, I know. My gosh, really? Yeah. And so we had talked about it. But then in January, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we had 14 embryos. And we uh, have always felt that at some point, like the second we found out we had 14 embryos, we knew at some point we would walk through embryo adoption and adopt out some of those embryos wow. to people. I didn't even and know you could do that. It, you know, I didn't know, I had no knowledge of it or education regarding it until we went through in vitro. And that's where I learned more about it. And so when, when we were faced with those decisions during and making, and when we were like deciding to do IVF, that's where we came to the conclusion. Well, we will, we will give every embryo we get an opportunity at life, whether it's my womb or someone else's. And you hope, you know, that you get like the right amount of embryos for you because, because even just the idea of adopting out embryos was really hard for me to like grasp onto that concept. But I knew that we would do it one day, especially when we found out we had that many embryos. And so um, needless to say, in January, my now friend, Allie, she, I had met her a couple years prior to that moment. And she had asked me, Hey, like, are you still interested in adopting out your embryos? I'd love to meet with you. And it was just it was such a God moment for us because I knew like the second I got her message that we were going to do it. So I, I, after we had decided, okay, we're going to pursue embryo adoption with, you know, Allie and JR, our recipients. So for us to have another baby and go back for a transfer, we decided to put that on the back burner because I was like, I don't want to be pregnant and walk through embryo adoption at the same time. I, I, it feels like too many emotions trying to deal mm-hmm. with that while I'm pregnant. So I was like, we're not doing that. Well, like two months later, I found out that I was pregnant on my own. <laughs> so oh my so God. it was like, just, I mean, I remember like, and I was, when I found out I was pregnant, I was eight weeks along. I had, I mean, it's just, I, I was so shocked. Like, I just was like, I don't know what was more shocking finding <laughs> out I was having triplets or finding out I got <laughs> pregnant on my own. I was just like, how, how did this happen? You know? And so there was a lot of emotions that I was, it was, it's a, you know, it's a mind boggling, just all of us as women, when we find out that news that we're pregnant with the triplets, I was just so thankful, elated, overjoyed, so many like incredible, like only joy, only excitement. And when I found out I was pregnant with Cambria, I was terrified. (laughs) I just was like, like, I don't know, like, how are we going to do this? At this point, we were already moving forward with embryo adoption. I was fearful of how I was going to handle that process while also preparing for another baby in my own family. But God is gracious and loving and he has a big plan for all of us. And so that was his plan. So I, <laughs> you know, I've got one burning question in my mind now. Do you wrap it up or is there another surprise baby that could possibly happen at this point? Well, so at <laughs> At this point, at this point, Ryan and I will probably go back for another transfer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, we'll so probably... you want to keep growing. Yeah. That's we amazing. Now we're going to keep growing. Yeah. We haven't, I haven't really shared, but I mean, I'm a pretty open book, but like we just, 
we have a heart for our embryos and little Cambria is five years younger than my big kids. And I, especially now with them in kindergarten, I'm sitting here like, girl, you need a friend. Like we need a pal. <laughs> and so, so I don't know what the time frame looks like, but I do know that we'll, we'll, we are planning to go back sometime sooner, soon ish. So. <laughs> All right, Desiree, we're going to take a quick break and let our listeners know who we're supported by. We're supported by Wheelo. Wheelo. Shane, did you know that many, like most Canadian school children, are consuming three times more sugar than is recommended on a daily basis? I did not. Yeah. And truly, like I even find it difficult to find daytime snacks, healthy snacks for Lucy that aren't just, you know, a piece of fruit because of this, because so many of the kids' treats in the grocery store aisles are honestly just so full of sugar. All I know is when Lou has too much sugar, she gets a little bit uh, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So for so many reasons, we are really happy to have found Wheelo. They are school-safe snack bars with 50% less sugar than the average snack bar at only three grams of sugar per bar. And your child will eat them. This isn't like one of those snacks that you get and the child doesn't eat it. Lou loves these bars. Seriously, we wouldn't lie to you. And she likes it just as much as the one with twice as sugar. Yes. As much sugar. Yes. Like, it's totally kid approved. Lucy is totally obsessed with them. I am too, if I'm going to be honest. Not only do they taste great, but the bars are a source of fiber. They contain immunity-boosting probiotics. They're non-GMO verified, and they don't contain anything artificial. Like, these are the best snacks that you can get, you know, for your kid during that second snack break at school. They're going to love them. And Wheelo is a primarily female-founded Canadian company, which is so awesome. We love supporting Canadian. So you can find Wheelo in many major retailers, but if you buy them online at ourwheelo.com, you can get 20% off your first purchase with the promo code ThisFamilyTree20. Use that promo code, get these bars, everyone in your family will be happy. So again, that is ourwheelo.com and ThisFamilyTree20. But we are also supported by... Hello Bello. Being a parent's hard, like really hard. So when you go to get diapers to prevent the next eventual blowout, finding a diaper that's absorbent and soft without spending a fortune shouldn't be just as tough. Co-founded by Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard, Hello Bello is built on the simple idea that all babies deserve the best, which is why they offer premium baby products at affordable prices. And stylish. Have I mentioned they're stylish? So before? stylish. <laughs> you mention that every time. And it's very important right. to not me, but the children. The children <laughs> love the style, especially once they're like I don't know, about to turn two. Style matters. It does. And their diaper bundling service lets you choose from over 20 fun different rotating designs throughout the year, which is awesome. They're always seasonal and like so cute. But each bundle comes with seven packs of diapers, four packs of plant-based wipes, and even one full-size product freebie with your first order. Plus, you can get 15% off of any add-ons like the bubble bath, the wipes, diaper rash cream. It's all amazing stuff. We love the detangler. I in our hate house. when we don't have Hello Bella products. We're at the cottage right now. We currently don't have Hello Bella wipes, and it is a problem. It's driving me crazy. It's driving me crazy. But to get Hello Bella's super soft, super absorbent, and super affordable diapers delivered right to your door, go to hellobello.ca and use the promo code ThisFamilyTree30 for. 30% off of your diaper bundle wow. order. That is a huge bang for your buck and a lot of potential blowout saved. I'm going to say this again because it's that important. That's hellobello.ca promo code this family tree 30 to start bundling with 30% off your order. 
Don't forget that's hellobello.ca promo code thisfamilytree30. And this promo is applicable to Canadians only. Get on it. You are going to love it. And now let's get back to our interview with Desiree. Okay, is there is there like a limit as to how big you would grow your family? Because I, I couldn't do more than two, Desiree. Like, I, Shane needs I to know. get snipped. I say this almost every podcast episode once. He needs the snip. I'm not doing more than two. <laughs> I know. I mean, I... I feel like we'd probably just go back one more time and, and leave it there. But we are also a, I would say that we kind of just like are in like the day to day Mm -hmm. and we're just like, okay. And, uh, you know, as I've mentioned my faith a few times, like we really just like, like seek God and just are like, okay. Like, and I've already told Ryan, like when we're, when we're done, done, like you just have to get snipped. I don't want any birth control. I don't want any kind of things. I don't want to put anything in my body. So I've been through enough. That's how I feel. (laughs) That's exactly how I feel. Like it's all up to you. And I'm like, you're fine. Little snip, snip, a little ice on that. You know, you're good. (laughs) The recovery is easy. I heard. And like, if it needed to be, it's usually reversible as well. So it's like, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I know. So yeah, it's yeah. So that, I mean, that's kind of, where we're at. Yeah. Good for you. God, good for you. That's amazing. <laughs> we are all so different in our desires and what we want we our families are. to look like and what is ideal for us and what is perfect for us. And, you know, thinking about what is perfect, I want to talk about the name of your account, The Perfect Mom. What's that mean to you? Why did you go for The Perfect Mom? So, you know, when I was rebranding, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to have a name that, uh, you know, that was kind of catchy where people could really like think about what does that mean? And for me, I, I hope that everyone can truly see that you are the perfect mom. We are all the perfect moms. We are exactly what our kids need us to be flaws and all. We are perfect just the way that we are. And that there, the idea of like, perfect just isn't real. It doesn't exist. And so it's having a different um, perspective of like what perfect actually is. Perfect is flawed. Perfect is like a hot mess trying to get your kids to school on time. That's all Mm -hmm. of us every day, you know? And so that's kind of where my heart was at in in my name. Well, I, I so respect what you post. Like I think about, you know, what we see sometimes as being the images of a perfect mom. And the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of that is, do you know Emily Ratajkowski, the hot, super hot babe model from oh, like... I, I mean, I don't I don't know that I know her, but there are other super hot babes models. models yes. Okay. So she's like, she's like the ultimate super hot babe model. Just so super hot babe. And she had a kid... And like, I don't know, days after she gave birth, she was like posing in front of a mirror, totally flat. You would never know she was even pregnant for a millisecond. And the only way you knew this was even after the kid was she goes, pardon the docotot or excuse the docotot in the back. So like going like out of the way to say, oh, yeah, this is I just had a baby a couple days ago. Yeah, This is how I'm looking. But then, you know, that is the reality for some people, but it's not the reality for most of us. And I so appreciate you sharing your reality so candidly. Like uh, with Cambria, you were showing um, one photo stands out in my mind. It was just you and your postpartum baby belly. And it's like that thing sticks around for a while. And it's a part of us. And some people I think are starting to become more comfortable showing that part of it and showing the stuff that's not you know, we don't consider perfect at the top of our, of our minds. Yeah. 
but it totally. is perfect. It is perfect. It, it's a part of the it process. Really is. It is. And it, I mean, cause after I, I had the triplets, my body was like, there was, I mean, there was loose skin, stretch marks, the whole thing. Um, it was not clearly ever going to be anything like it was before. And, and that journey in itself was a, a process that required time and, um, the willingness to pursue a different perspective, you know, to be intentional about my mindset. And so Cambria came along, I kind of had the same, I, I, I feel like I've actually had to work a little bit harder this time around to be more loving to myself about my body because it feels different than it did before her. And, and, and it's like, I'm, and I've had, I've got stuck in the mindset. How, how does it feel this way when I just had one instead of three, like, you know, and, and it's just, it's, it's just because getting to that place of feeling good in your loose skin, in the stretch marks, in the body that you have now does require time and love and intentionality. It requires you to look in the mirror and say, I'm beautiful. I birthed my babies. Look at what my body did. Um, because in doing that, your mind, your mind transforms. Right. And, and, and I think that sometimes it just takes one person to encourage others and to be able to help them um, find their voice. And so I feel like oh, for me over the past few years, I felt encouraged by others to, mm -hmm. to share my own story and my own voice and, and, and what my body has experienced and been through. And so, um, and so I think that for all mamas out there, just to be able to, to look at their bodies and find beauty and what's there instead of, what's not or what it used to be or all these things like celebrate what your body is today mm -hmm. and what it went through and how strong it is because it sometimes we underestimate the power that it took in our bodies to carry babies so much power you know yeah yes. like it took a lot of strength from yes. us to be able to do that because pregnancy is not easy like it's not just our bodies that are changing we're emotional hormonal all these extra Everything. things you know what I mean like we have to celebrate, you know? And so, so yeah, I mean, and I still, I mean, I'm still doing it right now. I'm mm -hmm. still in that season of like, and I'm, uh, almost 11 months postpartum with Cambria and I'm still, it's a daily same. practice for, you know? Yeah, no, same with me. And, you know, it's, you, you said, well, how, why is it so different this time? I had one kid and last time I had three kids, but Desiree, you've had four kids. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, right? you know, that, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. And, I, I feel like I flip flop all the time. Like one day I'm like, yeah, like I'm okay with all yes, the changes. Yes. This is great. I'm strong. It's my journey, whatever. And then the next day I'm kind of lamenting what it used to be. Yes, and yeah. it's, it's like a weird cycle. And now too, and, and this is something I, I talk about a lot on our podcast and like to, but now it's more than that even because as I get older now, it's, it's aging and it's, you know, having a public social media account, doing a podcast where I'm always on video. And it's like, I'm looking in the mirror every day and saying, okay, not only do I like look older, like physically, like my body, but my face is looking older every day. And, you know, the lighting's great right here, but like, I'm getting deep wrinkles on my forehead and I'm making a conscious choice not to do anything about that. Like, I don't want to, Yeah, I don't want to do anything. I, I wear makeup. I get my hair done, whatever, but that's, I draw my line there and, you know, to each their own. I'm so do whatever Absolutely. makes you happy. But for me, I'm totally. like, I don't want to ignore or just write off 
the signs of aging and the signs of my life that's going by. And I'm curious your take on that because you are a social media personality. You do a lot of writing uh, and you are out there and you're putting photos and videos of yourself out there every day. So how do you take that side of things? That's something that, you know, every woman can relate to whether you've had kids or not. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I share a very similar perspective as you. Uh, I, there was a time, I think the triplets were probably like three, maybe where I even had, uh, the doctor's show reach out to me and they wanted to do a non-invasive like tummy tuck. Cause I was the perfect candidate. And, <sighs> um, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, okay, again, if that's something you would do, good for you. 100%. But it's not something, it's not something I wanted to do. One, I, I, I didn't hate my body or, or mm. I, I was fine. I was fine with how my body was. Right. Mm. And so like the desire to do that was never there. And I have such a heart to encourage people to, to love their bodies as they are. It didn't feel fitting for me to actually, uh, move forward with that. Mm. And so, you know, so that was, that's just an example of probably something that I experienced where I just was like, no, I'm, I'm good. You know? And I, it, it, like you had mentioned, just even being in front of the camera, it's funny. <laughs> um, I was like, there was one time when I was like doing, doing stories or something. And I was like, wow, my teeth are really crooked. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, <laughs> why do I ever have braces? You know, where you start like picking yeah. apart, you know? And it's just, again, I, I feel like it always comes back to just having that perspective of like being positive and saying those positive things about yourself. Mm -hmm. Because the problem with social media too, is that um, and you may have, have experienced this as well, but there are always, there's always going to be someone out there who wants to tear you down, of say something unkind, you know, and I've had, I mean, of course I've had that. I've had that because I'm, I have been more vulnerable in sharing and sharing things like my, my, my tummy. And, um, I mean, I've, I've had some things said to me about my face and aging and this, and I just am like, what is wrong with people like you know what I mean like it's it's it for me it's like mind-boggling that people say those things but you know I guess when you're behind a keyboard it kind of some people have a lot of they feel powerful course, in those yeah. moments you know but again it all comes back to really not like receiving that not taking that in because they're there that's not the truth the truth is you are beautiful mm -hmm. and you are designed exactly how God intended you to be and just really believing those truths as opposed to, you know, those other things. And, and like I said, I think that, you know, if there are, and, and just like you said, like if there are things that you want or need to do to make you feel better about yourself, then do them. We all, that looks different for all of mm -hmm. us. You know, it looks very different for all of us. And so, you know, and it, it might be, uh, going exercising. Maybe that's what makes you feel good or beautiful. Maybe, uh, going out to dinner with your spouse or getting together with friends or wearing makeup every day or getting your hair cut every couple of months, whatever it is, do it, you know, because those are things that are just going to continue to fulfill your heart and help you, um, to really, uh, to really just kind of um, come into who you are now, you know, as Absolutely. you age and as your body has changed, right? Yeah, no, I, I like that. Yeah, a aging is becoming something that uh, I'm only third, like I'm 32. I'm not that old, but it's like, it's, it's older than it used to be. And being in my oh, 30s is yeah. new. And it's all it's all different. Like my husband is 38. So I feel like even the closer he gets to 40, I feel like I'm getting closer to 40, even yes. though I'm not. Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah. just, I'm really trying to come to terms with everything, everything. My postpartum self, because that's more than just body. It's mentally, it's everything. 
and my aging self and everything that that kind of encompasses. And I really want to, you know, by the time I hit freaking 40, Desiree, I want to be like so cool with it. I want to be so, feel so sexy in it and just feel it. Totally. So that's the path that I'm on. And I want to, the last question I want to ask you. So the perfect mom, right? Perfection, as we've discussed, looks so different to everybody. For us, perfection, like, oh God, I'm not going to move the computer, but if I would, you would see a whole bunch of crap thrown over here on the couch that uh-huh. I, <laughs> you yes, would see. Yeah, you should see everything behind me in my room. <laughs> right. It's, in my house, it is, is a disaster. Laundry does not get done well regularly. Like it sits on a chair once yep. it's cleaned. And, oh my gosh, yes. However, for us, you know, it gets to a point where we need to do something about it. But perfection is the house can be messy as long as we're getting our work done, we're happy, we're having fun, kids are having fun. That's our perfection. What's perfection look like on like a practical day-to-day level to you? Yeah, that's a great question. I I mean, I think that it comes down to very similar things in you. Are we ha- are we enjoying each other? Are we having a good day? Um, are is everyone getting fed? Are we learning things? Um, it, it's like just I think there's also balance in that because I've become in a place where it's like, it's okay to have a messy house. My house is far from perfect. Sometimes I find myself like getting uh, like, oh my gosh, all these perfect moms with their perfect houses. I'm like, that's not me. My perfect mom house is a complete train wreck, you know? And it's kind of finding, finding solitude and just knowing it's okay. But I do also know that I get anxious sometimes when there's so much clutter. Yeah. And so I think it's important to find that balance of like, Absolutely. okay, this is what our goals are today is just to, I want let's all have a happy day. Let's all survive. Let's, let's learn something. And in learning, it also, I think comes with balance and figuring out how you can have those successful days and those perfect days in the midst of all the chaos and all the crazy. And sometimes it's like, you know, sometimes it's just like, you know, we weren't late to school today. Everyone got a lunch or, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yes, yeah, you know, like sometimes it's just like the smallest of things that, you know, and I think we have to celebrate our wins. We have to celebrate our our wins. And sometimes some days it's just like, you know what? We didn't get dressed today, but we played outside. We made cookies. We may have not had like the healthiest food all day, but we made it through. You know what I mean? That's all right. Yeah. And and not having these expectations over motherhood, your kids, like how, how your kids act because they're kids. And you know what I mean? Like just throwing those things out the window and letting love um, and joy kind of flourish in your home and soak in those moments because you know what our there's going to be good days and there's going to be hard days, but you can still come out of each day and, and still smile, you know, like you can still end it in a positive note, you know? Yes. And that is so poetic. You said that so beautifully. Thank you for that. That that was really beautiful. (laughs) But Desiree, thank you so much for joining me. I've been looking forward to this for a while. And honestly, I'm so happy that we finally got to you. You're so wonderful. For the listeners, where can they go to find you, your journey, what you do, your writing, everything? Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at The Perfect Mom. And my blog is theperfectmomblog.com beautiful beautiful well thank Thank you so so much and good luck with everything just with life we all need luck in life i think yes (laughs) i know huh (laughs) right back at you thank you so much absolutely so nice meeting you desiree you too bye bye
Desiree Fortin, three kids, and she wants more. Shane, could you ever, like, if if I accidentally got pregnant, I don't think I could handle that. But, like, what if I accidentally got pregnant with triplets? What would your reaction be? That'd be kind of cool for the the Instagram. <laughs> be, yeah, cool for Instagram. Like They pay for themselves. Are you, <laughs> triplets is better than just having, if we had another regular kid, I'm being serious. I would be more upset if we were just having a regular one piddly kid. One piddly kid. Well, because that would be annoying. Triplets, I mean, they would pay for themselves. Would you be able to handle me as a pregnant woman if I was pregnant with triplets? Because I don't think that I can even handle myself if I was to get pregnant again with one child. But it's just nine months of pain. I couldn't handle you with one child in there. Oh, man. Well, you've got... Not a bigger stomach than me. What is it? You'd have a bigger stomach than everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you uh, are are more brave than than I am because I don't know what I would do. I think I'd be in a constant place of anxiety if I was to to have triplets or get pregnant with triplets. But obviously, like with everything in parenthood, I think and in adulthood for that matter, you know your threshold for what you are able to deal with. Uh, and handle just it raises and it does it so slowly and you don't even notice it going higher and higher and it's like you get pregnant with triplets for some reason something switches off in your body and like you're able to handle it if you were having triplets would you rather them be identical or fraternal fraternal i think yeah identical might be fun for them i don't know or is it more fun to have your own i like i don't know fraternal just so i could tell them apart more marketable if they're identical i don't want to get parent trapped okay I say fraternal. Okay. But if we want to make money. You're going to force our triplets into money-making Instagram? No, just merely by having them. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. Let's. (laughs) If you don't understand this, that's fine. No, I do. I do. I do. Brand deals. People like triplets. Okay. But let's get on to my favorite part of the episode besides our opening banter. It's the ending mailbag segment. This is where we take listener questions. I say we, but really it's you, Alex. I'm looking at you. You answer these questions and basically we we chat about it. Let's do it. Okay. So question number one, can we get more freestyles? Uh, I'm just going to say not tonight. Possibly on a, a date night in the future, though. I was freestyling with Lucy the other day. Were you? And I was so upset that I didn't record it because I was, my flow was impeccable. My rhymes were tight. What were you freestyling about? I was just challenging myself to make Lucy smile and <laughs> laugh. And she was, she was in awe. She was like, do did it she, again. Did do she it again. give you the topic? No. What was the topic? I was just looking around the room. And because it was me, I know I'm not cheating myself because there's no one to cheat. So I was thinking, wow, I'm actually doing this in an amazing way. All right. Well, next date night, I want to hear this A freestyle. All right. Next question. Is it true that when you conceive, it's not because of the fastest sperm, it's because the egg chooses a sperm? So Shane, what's your understanding of this? I would think it would have to not only be the fastest sperm, but the strongest sperm. So I don't think the egg is like, you're cute and letting it in. I think the sperm that gets there fastest, if it's a weak sperm and can't crack that egg, it's going to get tossed to the side. But if it gets there fastest and is the strongest, it'll get in. 
Well, let me say this. If you asked me this question two weeks ago, I would have said the same thing. However, in the past two weeks, new studies have come out, which actually say that the egg kind of chooses the sperm. How do you charm an egg? Okay, let me read this to you. So human eggs actually prefer some men's sperm over others and then certain sperm from a particular man. So this is uh, from research that again has just come out. It's really fascinating. Human eggs release chemicals called chemoattractants that attract sperm to the unfertilized eggs. And then the follicle follicular fluid really scientific here, uh, from one female was better at attracting sperm from one male, while the follicular fluid from another female was better at attracting sperm from a different male. So it's like each egg has a preference to what kind of sperm they want getting at it. So it's like my egg might prefer a certain type of sperm and might be more successful. Like I might have better chances of getting pregnant with a specific type of person's sperm than another's. So you and I are very successful at getting pregnant, right? Like the three times that we have tried, we have succeeded. So clearly it seems like my egg is actually wanting your sperm is actually wanting your sperm to fertilize it. So this shows that the interactions between human eggs and sperm depend on the specific identity of the women and men that are involved. So this is like wild. This is something that they had no idea about. And it's really amazing to be starting to research this and learn about this because it can help people uh, who are going through IVF. You know what I mean? And it, it can really help to fast forward some research and advancements there. So even though the like the fastest and most capable sperms reach the ovum first, so like like what we were thinking before, it's the sperm that has the sorry, it's the egg that has the final say on which sperm actually fertilizes it. So like maybe the, you know, first million fastest sperm reach it or first 10 fastest sperm reach it. But if the egg doesn't want it, the egg ain't letting it in. I wonder what the the egg's criteria is for a good sperm. I don't know. But in, here's the thing. And it changes from woman to woman. Every woman has boxes they want to check, be checked off with their potential suitor. I wonder for sperm what they're looking for. Like it's, for eggs, what they're looking for in their sperm. It's fascinating. It's so fascinating. It was so cool to read these studies. If you want to know more about it, Google it. It is so interesting. And it's probably a nice tale. A nice tale. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. But maybe, Symmetrical maybe. Maybe some like a tale with a little bit of a crease to it or a little funk. You know what I mean? Like every egg is essentially looking for different things in the sperm according to the study. Hmm. So it's super interesting. I'm interested. Anyhow, next question. La P is taking off in Europe. Do you think other countries would get on board with this? I had no idea what this was. I don't know how to say if it's Lappy or Lappy, but it's spelled L-A-P-E-E. Essentially, it's a urinal for women. Mm -hmm. And they came out with this in Europe because, you know, any woman listening to this will know 90% of any toilet queue is just women that need to pee. Mm -hmm. So that's over men. That's over women that need to poo. That's over anything. So it's like a th it's in an interesting shape and it's essentially like three urinals for women peeing all in one. Amazing idea because because it's so frustrating to need to use the washroom at like a concert or whatever. 
men's lineup is so quick, yet you have to wait outside the women's for like a half hour to get in just to spend two seconds, go and pee and get out of there. So it's amazing and kind of equalizing that. However, there are faults in how it's constructed. So like Shane, when you go in this, your head still like kind of pokes out the top. So like it covers you from like the shoulders down, but like your head's like, so if you were peeing essentially as a man in this, you'd be able to look out and like see people like on the street or at the concert, like waiting in line. And I can't pee under those conditions. I have to pee in a comfortable room. Like I prefer that nobody be in there. I prefer there's like a fan on or a tap, you know, just some noise. I don't want people to be looking at my face as I'm peeing. That's the difference between you and I. (laughs) (laughs) When I was young, I used to go to Maple Leaf Gardens, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And they just had a... The trough. The trough. So not only are you looking at other men's faces, you can't help but look at every man's penis in the trough. At least I couldn't help. (laughs) (laughs) Curious kid. So just seeing my face, I would love that because I hate... Everyone looking at my pee-pee, but I got used to yep. it. But that's in a men's washroom. This urinal thing is just like, it's like out in the street or in the middle of a concert thing. But so they it's can like, only see your face. Yes, but anybody, not just women. It's like anybody. It's like, what if there is some lecherous person standing there just wanting to see but the faces of women who are peeing? But they can look at your face at any time. I know, but not with the knowledge that they're peeing. Okay. Hmm. That part is just odd to me. I feel like it's an easy thing. Just construct it to be a little bit higher and then you're good, you know? Yeah. I suppose it's obviously a very different experience for a woman to be washed while peeing (laughs) than a man because men are always peeing in public. And I get that. And I I appreciate this being invented to help equalize that because I'm tired of long bathroom lines too. And I, I think it's great to have at places. And yeah, let's get them in North America. Let's get them in Canada. Just, you know, build them up a little higher. Would you ever pee on the side of the road if you had to go? And I like have. cars were going by? Yes, I have. And but they I, could but, see you? Well, like I hide behind the car or the car door or something. Like I won't just do it out in the open. Like I see guys, you know, taking out their penises on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> they're doing it towards month. the traffic? Not, they're not even no. No, but like if you're driving well, towards them. Well, don't say taking their penises out. You well, Shane, they're peeing. not hiding behind a car. I mean, like they will be on the side of the highway with their penis out peeing. And if you're driving towards them, you can see the stream. Yeah. Right? I guess. <laughs> Next question. All right. What is the juiciest secret that you've ever been told? So I believe this person is asking. Yes. Their next question is love your secrets on Instagram. Who is better at keeping one you or Shane? So I've been doing this thing uh, every Monday or Tuesday where I ask people to tell us their secrets and then we just anonymously share them so that the rest of the people in the community can just, you know, it's a voyeuristic Mm -hmm. thing. It's fun uh, or it's interesting. And the juiciest one that I've been told, I don't know if it's juicy, but just interesting that somebody would share this much is, you know, thinking about leaving their partner or people having an affair, things like that. I've, I've been told that a f- couple times. And I think that it's so fascinating to share that with somebody who can clearly go to your profile. But at the same time, from those people sharing, 
Do you go to their profile every time? No, no, no. Because, you know, I get worried that I might know them or something. So I just sometimes I don't want to look into it. Uh, But I think for them, it must be cathartic. And maybe it's some kind of relief to say that. I don't know. But Shane, the next question from this person is, who's a better seeker keeper, me or you? Well, don't you? Doesn't this listener want to know what the secret I've been told is? Yeah, yeah, the juiciest. Let me hear. Okay, let me think here. (laughs) (laughs) You had one lined up. No, no. Okay, well, when I was in high school, there was a lot of rumors flying around that I was gay. Right. And I wasn't. Still not. But (laughs) um, it would, the rumor was so, a lot of people believed it so much that it would make people feel okay to tell me that they were gay. Yeah. So I learned a lot of people who were gay because they thought I was too. And they thought I was a safe person to tell, well, which the, I was. Well, that that's honestly so interesting because, you know, it makes me wonder, were they telling you because they found you attractive? Were they telling you because they wanted to give you like a sense of community that maybe they didn't have? Like, I'll say this. A lot of them tried to bust moves. Oh, <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like you're, you're an attractive guy and, you know, the community would especially at that time when you were in high school, be incredibly small of openly gay people. So for sure, like, why not? You know what I mean? I think I think that's so interesting. Um, did you ever tell them that you were not or were you just kind of like, oh, okay, and then go on your way? <laughs> <laughs> no, I told them I wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. How did they handle that? I think that's the best way to be rejected in a way. If someone's trying yeah. to bust a move on you, yeah. you know, so many women tell me they not now, but when I was single, so many women would tell me they were lesbians when I would ask them <laughs> out that I was doing the math. I was like, this can't add up like 80 percent of the women can't be lesbians. They just don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah. So at first, it's a great way to put someone down. But then if you do it too much, then it can right. be fishy. <laughs> All right. The Oh, it's, well, okay. Second part to this. Who's better at keeping a secret? You or Shane? We're both terrible. Yeah. Well, we're terrible with each other. You know what I mean? Like, I don't tell other people stuff, but you and I tell each other secrets that we're even supposed to be keeping from each other, like about presents or stuff like that. Who do you think is better at keeping a secret? I don't know. I tell you everything pretty much. I think it's good that we have each other because then we can just blabber mouth to each other and then it doesn't go past each other. Like I don't tell other people. Like, if you tell me something, I don't tell people outside of. Yes, you do. No, I don't. The night of Mike on Much's live show when we had dinner. Okay. I still can't live that down. Yeah, neither can I. I forgot about that. That was brutal. I know. I know. Okay, and you fine, did it openly, openly and willingly. You just brought it out there and you thought it would be funny. I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. It wasn't fine. Okay, so Shane, you're a better secret keeper. <laughs> but me and that person have never been the same again. Well, me and that person too. Oh, I know. I'm like out of the circle of trust. I know. I know. <sighs> okay, next. <laughs> okay. Sorry to bring that up. Okay, what is one piece of advice that you'd give to your 20-year-old self? Uh, start growing a stash now and learn how to trim it properly. Mm-hmm. And what else would I say? I would say you're going to be employable one day. Don't <laughs> worry about it. And I would say you're going to have sex one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
No, yep. I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I had, uh, and not that it's funny because plenty of people are virgins well into their 20s and some in their early 30s. It was just that I thought I would never have a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, yeah, you're going to have a girlfriend and a wife and you're going to have children too. Yeah. And that ones. would be very reassuring to a 20-year-old Shane. Yeah. See, and mine would be similar. Which First, was the lowest point of my life probably when I was 20. Yeah. You know, I I had a lot of fun when I was 20, but I think that oh, maybe I was better at 20 than I was 18. It was weird. It's a weird time when you're growing and learning about yourself and, you know, you don't even necessarily know what you want or how to make known what you want because you're so worried about other people. And I think I tell myself that, like, F what others think because it doesn't matter and you're going to be fine and life is going to be fine because you're a hard worker and you're kind and, like, you surround yourself with good people. And I, I think that I would just remind myself of that and, you know, tell myself not to be so concerned with what others thought of me and not try to put on any, like, facades or, you know? Because I, I think that I got very caught up in how other how other people perceived me, how men perceived me. And I think that's uh, it's exhausting more than anything. It's super exhausting. I'd also tell myself to cool it with the box hair dye because a oh, lot yeah. of times I would burn my scalp on the sides Yikes. and I have severe scarring on the side of my head. Shane used to dye his hair blonde. All the time. It looked good. I, you know, if it wasn't boxed, like I kind of dig you as a blonde. I could, uh, I could see that happening again. Um, we're going to end this off with the final question. How do couples feel about their parents pestering them to make grandchildren? They need to stop as far as I'm concerned. It's none of their business. So this was written by a grandparent who has grandchildren who I know. Bleep this out, Erica, but Veronica's mom rose. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming that maybe, you know, the in-laws of her daughter are maybe pestering for grandchildren. But it is their business still. It is No, but it's it's not whether they have kids or not. Well, it's it affects their life. It affects their life, but they shouldn't have a say in whether the couple chooses to have kids or not cuz ultimately it's not their kids. And what if the couple's dealing with infertility or miscarriage or something and then you have the people that you want to be the safest with in your life, your parents, saying, "Well, when are you going to give me a grandkid?" blah blah blah. But are you that secretive around your parents? Wouldn't Some you be, a, a lot of people are. I've only heard this said in joking Christmassy time like, "Hey, when are we having grandkids?" I've never heard it been like when are we having grandkids no but i i think even the jokes you know if you are trying if you do want that and it's it's not working out for you and it's something that you don't want to broach with your parents because it's emotional or something i think that that can be incredibly it can be sad it can i think if really the parent is the parents saying that makes you uncomfortable i think they need to know it immediately and yeah i guess if you don't want to tell them mm -hmm. you're having issues conceiving don't or maybe you don't even want children but regardless i think you have to broach that conversation and the jokes will stop and if they don't that's just weird right yeah no and i agree shane like you have to put your foot down and you don't even have to give a reason just say hey i'm not comfortable with you asking this i'm not comfortable with you making jokes about this you need to stop if you say it looking them dead in the eye with you know just that business tone 
they'll get it. If they don't get it, again, something is weird if they don't get it and they don't stop. And then maybe it's best you take a little break from them if you can. A few times I've made the stupid decision to say to my friends just because I had nothing else to say. And it was one of those moments where we were celebrating somebody who just announced that they were having children. So I turned to my friend who probably I don't even think wants children. I was like, you're next. Shane. (laughs) And he just looked at me like, don't ever say that. And I like that. Like it was just that vibe that I crossed the line. And it's forever etched in my memory. Never say to anyone, oh, when are you having kids? Or, oh, I bet you're you're next on the docket, buddy. And do that nudge, nudge yeah. thing. So I learned my lesson kind of the embarrassing way. It wasn't the hard way because he actually never spoke to me, but it was extremely mm-hmm. awkward for me. No, I, I think that's important. You know, people need to know. And the more people become vocal about this and make their boundaries known, boundaries have been such a big thing for us lately and talking about then more people are going to get it. And it's not going to be something that like we joke about as a culture anymore. So, I, I, yeah, I think that's great. Boundaries, man. Boundaries, babe. What's your big boundary? My big boundary? Yeah. <laughs> what a vague question. <laughs> <laughs> My big boundary. Yeah, what's your biggest boundary? I, I, I don't know. Relationship loyalty. Okay. Don't cross that. We've we've talked about early in this episode. I hate philanderers. So it's not an open relationship. <laughs> Women like... and their boundaries. <laughs> okay, so this is it. This was all the questions. This was it. Okay, what a loose, fun, potentially bad episode. No, I think it was a great one. I'm I just had, joking. I had a good time. Okay, me too. Yeah. Now let's go. Let's have some fun at the cottage. Let's do it. Let's go have fun. We hope you guys all have a fun weekend week whenever you're listening to this. And yeah, enjoy the last days of summer. Enjoy the last days of summer. Thank you so much for listening to this (laughs) family (laughs) tree podcast. Episode 101. Rate and subscribe. Thank you.